Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Smashpot. September 12, 1943. German paratroopers snatch Mussolini from his mountaintop prison in Italy. The event stuns the world. Inspired by the rescue of his ally, Hitler orders an even more daring bid to capture his greatest enemy. The explosive events of Jack Higgins's international bestseller, now seen as they happened in a film of epic suspense. The most exciting adventure story of World War II. Millions have read the book. Now an international cast brings dramatically to life on the screen this epic story of Hitler's desperate attempt to change the course of history. Stunning, exciting, inspiring, a film you must not miss. The Eagle Has Landed. Hello and welcome to Pod 2, The Kane Scrutiny, a podcast celebrating the vast oeuvre of Michael Caine, the highs, the lows, and everything in the middle, hosted by me, John Rain. This truly is the podcast where you're only supposed to have a good time. This week we will be heading to Studley for a trip in the country to take in the sights, enjoy the sounds, and kidnap Winston Churchill! Yes, it's the eagle has landed, and joining me to brush up on his Irish, and indeed Jenny Agata, is comedy writer Mark Evans. Back again. Hello, Mark. Hello. Thank you for having me back. Thanks for coming back. I would, I, you know, you have to come back to something that's called the Kane Scrutiny, which is one of my top puns of the last decade. That's Yay. brilliant. Love that joke. Good. Yeah, because you were in, as people know, on um, North Sea Hijack. Ah, North Sea Hijack, which was available on Christmas on Channel 5, it I believe, was. last Christmas. Yeah. Happy days. It was. It was really good timing as well, because I think it was not long after our episode had been out. Yeah, and uh, I know a lot of people who watched it and went, my goodness me, it uh, it really is as bad and weird a film as <laughs> we made out. <laughs> oh, so The Eagle Has Landed, um, which I hadn't seen before. Had you not? No, uh, but I just knew it as the one people would tell me, oh, you'd like it, Michael Caine plays a Nazi. He does play a Nazi, but a good Nazi. A good Nazi. One, we one of the good Nazis. One of the good Nazis. From the Smith & Jones sketch about what kind of Nazis they are. <laughs> He's one of the ones that is tired of this war. Oh, yes. One day, one day, this war will be over. Yeah, he is that one, Yeah, basically. Uh, But it kicks off with Patrick Allen narration, which is always a good sign. Yes, over the sort of weird news footage that doesn't talk about the Otto Skorzeny raid to rescue Mussolini. That's right, which Which actually happened, didn't it? Yeah, they they crash-landed a a glider onto the top of the concrete redoubt. I'm going to say redoubt. I'm not quite sure what that is. In, Mm. um, In the... I think in the hills, in the mountains where he was, and they rescued him, which is quite extraordinary. It is. 
um, and Oscar Scorzeni was one of the most extraordinary commandos in history, hmm. and also one of the most awful, appalling people. What happened to him? Um, I think he uh, Argentina or hanged. Probably Argentina or Paraguay. One yeah. of the one of the South Americans. Did he eventually get caught? Or uh, I don't know actually. Um, I do have a Nazi story about South America, actually. I yeah. once knew an actor, I was working with an actor, hmm. who said they were travelling in um, uh, in Brazil and Argentina around South America, and some people at a <laughs> having coffee in a small village in South America, and uh, there were some German accents near him, and they kept looking over and pointing at him, and eventually they came over... And they sort of cornered him, pushing against him. Oh, you're a journalist. You're, you're, you're here to reveal us. You're a journalist. We do not like you. And he went, mm. no, no, I'm an actor. I'm an actor. And they're going, no, no, you're a journalist. You're a journalist. And it was getting quite nasty because no one was on his side. No one was to defend him. Yeah. And the way he convinced them then was by doing his Shakespeare audition speech he'd done at RADA. Wow. In the middle of a South American village. And they went, okay, maybe another journalist. Off you go. Fantastic. <laughs> great story, isn't it? That is a great story. Can't remember who it was. It was Michael Bloody... It wasn't Kane. No, it wasn't Kane. It wouldn't have been Kane. No. No. But this is a Lou Grade film Mm. produced by David Niven Jr. I know. I think these are the two behind Escape to Athena, aren't they? Yes, I think they escaped to Athena. Didn't they do another one? I can't remember which one, but uh, they... um, Uh, Something around these lines. War films. Yeah, and it's... uh, well, I Escape to Athena was directed by George P. Cosmatos. That's right. He was Cobra. And uh, Rambo First Blood Part 2. And Tombstone. And Tombstone, yeah, yeah, which is his best film, actually. But the rumour is he didn't really direct it. Kurt Russell did. Yeah, because yeah. it's it's a it's it's a better directed film than his others. Yes, he's a man who just went, guys, get the coverage. I'm going for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> what gets me about this film at the start? You've got yeah. that news footage, and then you have shots from a plane, aerial shots of the Alps covered in snow. Yeah. And there's a bit of me that goes. Oh, this isn't where Eagles dare, even though it's got the same sort of opening shots. Yeah. And it just makes me feel sad because I think The Eagle has landed. It's a great film. It's mm. a really, really enjoyable, very silly film. Mm. Some great performances. But it's not where Eagles dare, is it? No. That's what? the best Eagle film. It is. That's the best Eagle I'm film. I'm trying to think of another Eagle film. Uh, the Eagles landed uh, where Eagles dare. I don't think there are On any. Wings of Eagles. Oh, oh it was a miniseries based on... Oh, Legal Eagles. Legal Eagles. Yeah. Deborah Winger, Robert Redford. Yeah. Nice. Daryl Hannah. Ivan Reitman directing it. That's right. Yeah. Daryl Hannah, who's now inexplicably married to Neil Young. Is she? Yes. Could you explain that? No. no. It's inexplicable. It's inexplicable. I couldn't tell you how it happened. He's but- a southern man. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> um, so we meet Robert Duval wearing an eye patch. Yes. Now I feel sorry for him in this. Yeah. Because he's the only person who's done an accent. Well, I know the accents are really interesting because when he gets when he, he at the start he's with uh, Admiral Canaris, the yeah. uh, Canaris Canary Admiral Canaries. Let's call the whole thing off. The whole, <laughs> Admiral Canaries, the holiday destination of choice for your <laughs> discerning Nazi, um, uh, played by Anthony Quayle. Mm. And to me, it's, he starts off and goes, "Well, you know, he comes in, he's, he's British and posh." Mm. And then Duval does his German accent. There's a little bit, you can sort of sense that Quayle goes, "Oh shit, he's doing it." Yeah, and he chucks in a few German vowels. Yeah. But he's not very happy about it. Whereas Duval is going the whole, I've got an Oscar nomination for being Tom Hagen. Yeah. I'm going to have a crack at the accent. I wore an eye patch. Yeah. I it's got to have to do his accent written on it. Yes. Yeah, and that's why he wore the eye patch. It's like a spice like us where he lifts it. Exactly. Exactly yeah. like that. Yeah. And I think, isn't he, hasn't he got a, a wooden hand as well? Yeah, with a driving glove on it. Yeah, with a driving glove. <laughs> and it's a, it's, a Nazi, it's a leather Nazi glove. Yeah. Well, it's like, Dr. Strangelove's glove, isn't it? Yes, it is. It got passed around from film to film. Yeah. It yeah. was a, a lucky 
Lucky mascot, Except evil Except he glove. wouldn't have to suppress the Heil Hitler, would he? <laughs> no, that'd be fine. Yeah. That'd be fine. Be totally within character. But I do I do love Duval having a go at the accent. He mm. gives it his full humpty. It's not a great accent. But no. It's but Robert, he's the only one who bothers. It's Robert Duval. He's, he's great. Like, he's like the inverse Sean Connery. <laughs> he is he's the, the only Sean one who Connery. actually tries, but everyone else doesn't. Yeah, they're all, they all try a little bit, apart from Kane, obviously. Obviously. Um, they try to put a bit of backstory in with Kane, don't they, saying that he was brought up in England? Yes, he went to school in England, therefore he's yeah. fluent in English. Therefore he sounds like he's from London. Yeah. yeah. Well, he does, he does his weird English accent all the way through. It changes quite a bit, hmm. and he puts on his sort of posh accent when he's pretending to be the colonel of Polish paratroops or the yeah. liaison officer with them later on. Yeah. And he does that posh accent that he drops in the Italian job when he's talking about shooting tigers in India yeah. hmm. and that sort of thing. But he does vary oddly, mm. and there's a scene which we'll talk about when we get to it, where he's yeah. by the trainers, where his accent does a small tour of the home counties <laughs> yeah. from the East End down to Surrey, <laughs> yeah. and then right back up again. Yeah. It's quite interesting. Yeah, uh, but Duval has been told they want they wanted to do a feasibility study about snatching Winston Churchill. Yes, lots um, of logistics here. Lots of logistics, and also it's that it's for a. What I find interesting about this film is not a lot happens for the first three quarters of an hour. No, I've written here the words feasibility and study come up in, in lieu of excitement. Yes, yeah. and, and you get and you get uh, Anthony Quayle, who describes the meeting he's had with Hitler, where this and he, get, he goes, "Oh well, you know, there was Goebbels dancing from foot to foot like a schoolboy, and hmm. Bormann perched like a vulture." And you go, "Well, that that sounds good. Why didn't you film that? Yeah, that that sounds interesting." Mm. I, and uh, but no, he he does the. You know, the, the great screenwriting adage, show not tell. He definitely tells. Yeah. And there's no showing there's there. There's no show. Doesn't even do an impression of Goebbels hopping from foot to foot like a schoolboy. No, I want to see that. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Also, I don't, do schoolboys hop from foot to foot? Well, they need a wee. Well, I was going to say, people need a wee hop from foot to foot. Mm. Maybe Goebbels needed a wee and he misinterpreted it. He might have done. That might be it. Yeah, Goebbels needed a wee. But you, no one, it's like, you know, you can't, you couldn't sit down, the first person to sit down at a Stalin Mm. Uh, speech you couldn't sit down the first no. person would probably get shot and probably the first person who went Adolf I need a wee would get shot he was quite a strict Adolf wasn't he a lot of people don't know that <laughs> in many ways he had, a, yeah. he had an authoritarian streak I'd yeah, say it just belies the character of the man I know that jolly moustache the funny hairstyle yeah. he seemed to laugh a minute he did oh, I don't know yeah he started taking himself too seriously yeah yeah you wouldn't want to admit you wanted a wee in front of Adolf Hitler would you no he didn't eat meat either no, that's true. Well, mm. yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> well, see what happened to him. Um, so they get information via this feasibility study that Churchill will be visiting Studley. Yes, it's Studley Constable, isn't it? Or yeah, Studley Constable, Constable somewhere. Studley, or no? That would be that's a porn film that's, name. Well, <laughs> Constable <laughs> Studley is Dixon of Doc Green as yeah. well, isn't it? Uh, yeah, Doxon of Dick Green. Doxon of Dick Green. That's the that's the porn version yeah. that was made in 1958 <laughs> with Dirk Bogard. <laughs> A rank film productions. Wank. Oh, I knew you'd go there. Sorry. I knew you'd go there. <laughs> no, they did the feasibility study. And actually, because, I mean, you know, we're recording this on the uh, 6th of November, which mm. is the date that Hit, uh, Churchill's visiting the village. That's the information they get. You're right. Um, yeah. they, get the, they get the information he's visiting on the 6th of November. And then you've got this marvellous scene. I mean, I do think the, f- the whole first half of this film is about admin, mm. maps, and German political manoeuvring. George Lucas has watched this, hasn't he? It, yes, it is It yeah. is very much a Star Wars prequel-type yeah. movie. It's like someone, let's make a prequel to Where Eagles Dare, but without cool people shooting each other, we'll have a lot of admin and politics. Mm. And you get there's a marvellous scene where uh, Robert Duvall is with his uh, accomplice, uh, or his junior, and he says uh, he talks about Carl Jung, and mm. the concept of synchronicity. Mm. 
And he goes, uh, you know, and any other times this information would be useless. Whereas then you go, hang on, you're using Jung to explain the fact that the whole premise of this film is on one massive coincidence. Yeah. That if you just left it out there, people would probably ignore it. But you're making me think, well, that's convenient, mate. Yeah. That your agent in place, and incidentally, as far as we know, there were no German agents in place no. during the war at all. This one's called Starling. Yeah, Starling, which sounds a bit like Stalin. Yeah, it does, doesn't so you it? keep mishearing it. There's a sitcom, actually, with the joke in it on Radio 4 called Reluctant Persuaders, where the main character's called Joe, Joe Starling and has to spend the first episode correcting it. And they're not Stalin. <laughs> and I had exactly that. Watching this film, I went... Why does Stalin know what's happening in North? Oh, Starling. The agent's mm. called Starling. It'd be good if it turned out it was Starlin. That would be quite funny, wouldn't it? Dressed as uh, Jean Marsh. Jean dressed Marsh. as Starlin. Dressed as an old lady. It's a significant Jean Marsh. <laughs> it's a rare commodity. Yes. Uh, yeah, so Duval's plan is called Eagle. Oh, yes, yes. He, he names it quite... Uh, there's also... But there's, when they get information, there's a great... There's a really exciting bit of music... Do you remember mm. this bit? There's a great bit. He and, he and, he and his friend Carl. The music's building up really exciting. They walk through some corridors and they go to a room full of maps. Yeah. Now, if you're a map freak like I am, mm. that music totally justifies its place. If you're anywhere else, you're probably going to go, oh, I thought they were going to see Hitler or no. Goebbels or, or to a room full of guns like in The Matrix. It reminds no, it's me just maps. of those lesser Marvel films where they can't afford to get Thor in or Captain America. Yeah. So Hitler can't be in this. No. We have to get Himmler. No, there's a very good picture of Hitler later on. There is. Just put it on the desk. Yeah. But in, the, in the map room, they get uh, there's a giant map, mm. and he get and he gets out a magnifying glass. But then that's not enough, so he gets yeah. out a larger scale map. Yeah. And pins that up and gets a magnifying glass, and then they have to get an even larger scale map, and it is like something out of uh, um, Top Secret. Yeah, it is. It, it yeah. is basically something yeah. from Top Secret. There's a lot of this that could be in Top Secret. Michael Caine wakes up on a train. Yes, because 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 Duval's gone. Now if you just need the man to conduct our plan. Mm. And you think, why, why, don't, why don't you use Otto Scorzani? He's proved he's really good at this kidnapping president. He was busy. Premiership. <laughs> he's busy, was he? Yeah. He was on holiday. Oh, yeah. He's, he's gone yeah. to the Algarve. <laughs> he's gone to the Algarve. Yeah. The neutral Algarve in the Second World War. What, sorry? Portugal was neutral in the Second World War. Was it? Yeah. Was, could you have gone there as a Nazi and be treated? Yeah, nicely? there were lots of, uh, loads of intrigue and espionage went on in Lisbon. Did it? Yeah, there's um, quite a lot of you know a lot of lot of Brits, Americans, and Germans all in the same neutral city, mm. running around spying on each other, probably sleeping with each other. Definitely a lot of that. Yeah, skullduggery. I call yeah, it. Yeah, a lot of Abwehr on MI6 and OSS action going on. Yeah, that's a film I'd like to. No, no, I wouldn't like to see it. That'd be weird. But the music in this is by Lalo Schifrin. It is. And it's a very atypical. Mm. Lalo Schifrin. He also did score. Escape to Athena score as well. Yes, and, and it's got the same kind of zither thing going on all the way through it he does have that bit which sounds like someone scraping a teacup across the inside of a piano which yeah. is a zither yeah um, or he might have been doing the Doctor Who theme he might have been doing that <laughs> oh he just got bored yeah he's great he's a very underrated composer he is Mission Impossible Dirty Harry scores are brilliant brilliant bullet yeah he's a classy classy act and quite a a lot of sort of modern jazzy type uh, his uh, interpretation of the Jaws theme is worth hearing oh I don't know that he made it quite, kind of disco-y it's quite fun nice yeah Everything was disco then, late 70s. Everything. Having had to be disco. Of course it did. So, John Williams, you've done your Jaws theme. Is there a disco version? Oh. Even John Barry did one for Moonraker. Disco Moonraker? Yeah, at the end of Moonraker, you get the disco version. I had forgotten, slash did not know that. It's true. That's, Seek it out. That's my evening sorted. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Kane 
Not doing an accent, as we discussed, which is fine. No, why does he not do an accent? Maybe because he's Michael Caine. Oh, Michael bloody Caine. Well, but that's the thing, he is doing an accent, isn't he? Because he's being slightly RP. Yeah. He's not doing his, you know, the accent that made him, well, not famous because Zulu was doing RP as well, but mm. he's not doing the Alfie Ipcris, which were his two great star turns that made him famous. Well, it reminds me accent. of the film Valkyrie. Oh, where, yeah. Where Tom Cruise said, you know, I thought about doing a German and I just thought, why don't we just all do our own voices? Yeah. And then sort of level them up to you know, demanding which rank we are or whatever. I guess Michael Caine here's thought, well, I'll just do a posher version of my own voice. Yeah. And make it sound like I'm a posh German. I don't know. Yeah. Where is an officer in the uh, in the paratroop? Would he be posh? Probably. I don't know. He's a very respected officer. He is. His troops love him. They do. And he loves them back. He does. And didn't he, didn't they say he parachuted into Stalingrad to rescue two regiments of men who are, sounds like he did it single-handedly. I don't yeah. know what two regiments of men couldn't have done it themselves. No, they needed um, opposite parachutes, didn't they, to get back out? That's what they the needed. Opposite parachute. Yeah. The anti-parachute. Yeah. Do you think there was a de- department in the Ministry of Defence or the Ministry of War, as it was back then, okay. working on that all wartime? I don't know why they didn't. It makes so much sense. Why? What were they thinking? If they landed in a field and were like, "Oh shit, we're in the wrong place," they just pull the thing, yeah. string, and they fly back up. Well, little reverse gear again. on the chute. Yeah. Up you go again. Back Start. into the plane. Or just in the air, and mm. you can go back to where you needed to be. Oh, so in this film you can have that just by pressing rewind on the CD mm. or DVD or whatever. It doesn't work in real life. No. But yeah, he's a paratrooper. A Fallschirmjäger, I believe in German. That's right. Fall from the Sky Hunter. Is that what it means? I think so, yeah. It's really good. It is, isn't it? But it I sounds like cool. I like the translation. It's like Wehrmacht. Wehrmacht, uh, war making, basically. It's brilliant, yeah. isn't it? See, that's the thing about the Nazis. They were terrible. Don't. They were terrible, but they had the best uniforms and they had the best words for things. But well, that's because the German language is actually because it's 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 um, nature of shoving words together. Yeah. Like flak. Yeah. You know, you know flak is is a shortening of it actually stands for Flugabwehr Kanone. I did not. Which know. is flight go away cannon. That's brilliant. So a flak gun to take an anti aircraft gun means flight go away cannon. It's like blitz as well. That's one of their words, isn't it? Blitzkrieg, lightning Blitzkrieg. war. Yeah. It's yeah. Brilliant. It's kind of amazing. It's but poetic. Yeah. Fallschirmjäger is you know. Is, is poetic. Mm. You know, if we had, rather than the parachute regiment, we had the Fallschirmjäger regiment, there would be no punch-ups in pubs in Aldershot. There'd be <laughs> spontaneous poetry readings yeah. of Schiller and Goethe. Yeah. Um, See, we're just unimaginative. We, we say are. parachute and plane. Yeah. And air force. Oh, yeah, that's quite... It's quite boring, isn't it's it? It's quite boring, isn't it? What does navy come from? Uh, that's a good point. Naval. Because that's, that's like your belly Oh, navis is ship in Latin. Right. Okay, there you go then. Um, so that would be it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we are. now turned into an etymology show. It has. Well, it always has been. Yeah, that's just, true. Just hidden. That's true. Very well. <laughs> um, but the thing with, the thing with um, Kane in this, mm. he, he is a Nazi. Yeah. But you have to... Because the Nazis are going to be, or the German soldiers, are sort of the heroes of this. Mm. It, there's very little scene from a... British or American or Allied perspective, so you've got to root for these guys. Mm. It helps having Michael Caine because everyone roots for Michael Caine. Um, but it's a really, it does tread a really interesting line. You do, I think, by the end of the film, you do go, "Oh, I'm a bit sorry they got shot, even though they're Germans." You don't see the British Nazis. army at all. No, they're not. No, no, they weren't there. No. What were they doing in Norfolk? <laughs> no, wasting their time. Yeah. We get the Americans, the Germans, and we see 
sort of uh, bureauc- British bureaucrats at the end, played by Rodney's dad from Only Fools and Horses. Yeah. Rodney's father-in-law, I should say. Yes. Yeah, you um, get you get the odd uh, callous bureaucrat. Yeah, but you don't see any soldiers. Oh, no, you do. Major Corcoran. Oh, Who's yeah. the aide at the end. Yes. Uh, who's also in... Uh, plays one of the squadron commanders in Who Dares Wins. He does. That's what I've seen him from. Yeah. yeah. We've been trying to do here Who Dares Wins for ages, haven't we? <sighs> we have. It's With its really tenuous annoying. connections to either Bond or, or Kane. We will do it. Oh, we're going to get there. Yeah. We're going to get there. Yeah. Well, we were going to do it as a three-piece. It was going to be really exciting. Yeah. It never happened. Yeah, we'll get there. It's like one of those Bond films that didn't get made. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. It will happen. Uh, so Kane uh, and his men, they get off the train and they see uh, prisoners of war, the Jewish prisoners of war, being yeah. taken to concentration camps yeah and he f- takes pity on a lady and saves her yes and by doing so gets in a lot of trouble and get well, and gets her shot mm, he puts her on a train the slowest train in the world the train, who knows where it's going it might have actually been going to a concentration <laughs> oh, camp oh my goodness what have he done that that would be terrible <laughs> Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah, I mean, they're I putting them, I mean, they're there to be put on trains anyway. Yeah. And so Michael Caine is sort of helping the cause. Yeah. Not the band. Uh, not the band, no. Yeah. Well, they don't need much help, do they? No, they're as bad as the Nazis, if you ask me. No, they're not. It's no. a terrible thing to say. <laughs> it's a terrible thing to I know, say. I'm sorry, I didn't mean it cause. It's like, it's, like, it's like those, you know, the joke when you used to, people used to go around with buckets in Irish pubs going for the cause, and you want to go, I think they've got quite enough money already. <laughs> what, what do you mean I'm going to take that back and bean to death with a metal bar? <laughs> It was worth it though for the joke, wasn't it? Yeah, I can't, you know, yeah, yeah. I'd rather have, I'd rather have, I'd rather get a laugh than my legs. Um, but he's mutinous, so he gets uh, in trouble, and he says, "It's just me. Leave my men out of this." Yeah, and uh, the um, well, he does, he does quite a rant, doesn't he, about the mm. officer that stops? He shouts. Him. He, yeah, he starts shouting in mm. a really, really odd way. Yeah, I have nothing for or against the Jews personally, but I've seen too many good men die for cause. To watch a young girl be killed for sport! Stoneman Fjordstrup was doing his duty. He reminds me of something that I occasionally pick up on my shoe in the gutter. Like maybe at the start of the scene they shot before lunch, and yeah. he had quite a lot of wine at lunch. Yeah. And forgotten, he forgot how he'd pitched his performance. Mm. You know, he was like, How loud was I before lunch? <laughs> and he just goes in a bit mad. He does. And no one has the. Because uh, it's um, uh, the director, uh, come on, what's his name? John Sturges. Yes. Uh, it was his last film. You know, by all accounts, he took his eye off the ball a bit. He wasn't Kane on was great escape form. Yeah. yeah. And so maybe he's there and the director's going, yeah, that's fine, Michael. And Kane was really annoyed because he wanted to work with John Sturgis. Yeah. And he said that when it would be cut, he'd disappear. Yeah. And then when he filmed, he'd be there, but he wouldn't really be asked. Yeah. And he said, apparently, Sturgis said he only did it for money so he could go fishing. I mean, and fishing's not, you know, Hollywood director's <laughs> no, <and laughs> salary Kane, expensive, is it? No. And Kane said it could have been an amazing film with a better director. That's interesting. Because it is, uh, you know, it's very well put together. Hmm. But that bit where he's all over the place shouting, I do genuinely think that no one in the control was going here. No. It was almost like the director went, do me one quiet, Hmm. one medium, one very loud, and we'll see what we get. Because it's a very random bunch of... Isn't Kane famous for doing one takes? Is he? I think so. Because he refuses to anymore? I think so. Or because he's that good, he nails it. I think the former. Right. (laughs) Maybe not in his early days, but certainly his later days. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Like just doing one take and then going for lunch. Well, if I had to work with Steven Seagal in, on Deadly Ground, I might only want one take. Yeah. Um, You'd be I, intimidated, wouldn't you? You would. And I know Seagal likes to push to 30 or 40, really. Really mm. find out the truth of the moment and the character. Mm. Um, 30 or 40 out of 400. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, does, he does weird shouting and he insults this general's 
he does a really odd insult to someone about your officer is he's the kind of thing I pick up sometimes on my shoe mm. in the gutter. That's right. Smells very bad on a hot day or something. Mm. And you think, what a very weird, slightly overwritten insult that doesn't yeah. quite make any sense because, what, on a cold day it smells fine? Mm. Um, it, it's very weird. And if he's trying to get himself out of trouble, he's just digging himself a much greater hole. He should just said sorry. Yeah, just said, my mistake. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, sorry about that, mate. I was trying to put her on the death train. <laughs> but I, was, I got it wrong. Uh, yeah, he tries but to it is quite him. funny that he puts her on and within seconds it's... It is. She shot. gets shot instantly as it goes yeah. away at you know walking pace. He mm. wishes her luck, and then she gets shot. And he, yeah, it's you know it's meant to establish he's the good guy, mm. and he's trying to to do the right thing. And it yeah. just establishes he might be a bit crap. Yeah, well, he is. We'll get there, but he is. Um, so he's uh, Duval's got him in mind to lead the kidnapping yeah. mission, and so Duval goes to see Donald Sutherland. Well, he summons Donald Sutherland, doesn't he? Well, he, Donald Sutherland is working at the university. Yeah, ah, now you might have seen an extended edition where they replaced the scenes because in the original cut of the film, you Mm. don't see Liam Devlin lecturing at the university in Berlin. Oh, oh, my one, you do. And what's he lecturing? Because I have no idea what he's teaching. Actually, no, is he lecturing? He goes to see him in an office. Right. Does he not bring him to his own office? Maybe he does. Yeah. I might be wrong. He summons his office and gives him a Russian cigarette and he coughs and... That's right, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm so wrong. I think, yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah. it's his own office because there is an extended... Actually, you see what he's lecturing in. Uh-huh. And, uh, what, what is he lecturing in? Potatoes. <laughs> I've to tell you... Donald Sutherland, is, it, when he does accents, it's always bad. It's not It's not the greatest accent. He's not good in the Great Train Robbery. His accent's terrible in that. What accent is he doing in that one? I can't Just remember. English, but it doesn't right. work. And he's in Murder by Decree doing an English accent. Oh, is he? And it doesn't work. Well, his his Irish is truly an extraordinary beast, that Irish accent. Yes. It belongs to no known county of Ireland. No. And um, It's the American way of doing Irish. They start up here and they go down there. You, the but, cadence. And yes, and but to give him his credit, it's a better crack at it than Sean Connery in the, the Untouchables. Oh yeah, well Sean Connery only does it once. He says, Oh, would you look at the heathen? Does he even that, try? Does he even try? I can't remember. He that. does it once when they when they go for their celebratory meal. Right. And they have that picture taken together. So even then he's probably doing a mock Irish accent. Yeah, because an Andy man. Garcia says to him, What are these what are those things you've got? And he yeah. says, Oh, they're rosemary. He says, Oh, would you look at the heathen? Apart from that. Or when he wow. says something about sh- shut your mouth. Later oh, on yes, as well. he does, doesn't he? Yeah. I know, but suddenly. Things I mean, she when you're out without your gun. <laughs> yes. Put one of Hush in the morgue. Maybe I'll do, Suther- maybe I'll do Connery for season. Oh, I've already done Connery. Yeah. I'll shut up. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Sutherland, yeah, I mean, he says at one point, My fight is with the bloody British Empire. He does, and that's that's a much better accent. Imagine you're trying. It's an accent so ropey that mm. it's almost impossible to do an impression of how ropey it is. Yes, the human brain mm. will not let you do it. I wrote it down phonetically. Did you? Yeah. So I put Moy Foyt is with the bloody British umpire, which he's obviously doing by lecturing in some unknown subject at the university in Berlin. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he was teaching speech and accents. Maybe. That would be great, wouldn't it? It would be amazing. It's like those guys you sometimes see on YouTube who are American, and they're like, I'm going to teach you how to do an English accent. I've never seen that. And they're always like, would you like to buy a potato? And they're always good. YouTube joy waits. Yeah, go and look for it. Dialect coaches on YouTube, they're always awful. Really? My my wife is a a voice and dialect coach, so I'm going to point her in that direction. You should. I don't know whether she'll laugh, cry, or just smash the computer. There's also a wonderful episode of a TV show called Castle, I think, Mm. 
Oh, yeah. Where they arrested a Geordie. Oh, no. And it's an American guy doing a Geordie accent. It's one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen in my life. But look it up. It's got a Castle Geordie. Oh, amazing. Oh, that makes me feel a little bit weird. It sounds Scottish. Close to the border. Close. It's close to the border. Yeah, it's like he got to the wall and got shot. It's <laughs> <laughs> nearly there. Uh, yeah, so du- Duval says he wants Sutherland on the team. Yes. Now, here's an interesting question. Hmm. I, I don't know what Donald Sutherland does in that film no. as a role. I, I, I think I, he's meant to be kind of like a spy, someone who can get into a community and integrate. Despite the fact they've already got an agent there in place already. Yes, that's a very good point. He, I, I genuinely watching this film, I go, I think, I don't know why he's there. No. Other than to seduce Jenny Agatha. Mm. Spoiler alert, sorry, but that's coming up. I, I did mention it earlier. It's but, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but he genuinely does nothing that anyone else does. He, he has a little chat with Michael Caine, the agent on the ground, could, mm. have, could have done that. Mm. Uh, he puts out some markings for them to land on the beach. The agent there could have done that. In fact, she seems to have done everything. She's got him all the papers, she's got all the motorbikes, she's got mm. all the trucks. Yeah. I, I just don't quite see what he does. He gets uh, a vicar to hit him. He does do that later. Yeah. Um, but that's skill. Overall, he doesn't seem to have any relevant or necessary role, and it's just it's just another cog in this incredibly complex gearing of this ridiculous plan. Yeah, that can go wrong. Yeah, and also the way they send him in mm. that he's going to Norfolk. Yeah, so they say we're going to drop you over Ireland as close to the Ulster border as we can. Yeah. Well, you can draw them anywhere in Ireland. That's still a fuck of a long way yeah. from Norfolk. I think that's Americans thinking that Ireland's just next door to Norfolk. It's a bit weird. And, you know, it's wartime Britain, so you've got to travel from Ireland yeah. to Norfolk. That's... Where he's hated, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, and he does say, oh, if I go to Ireland, they'll arrest me within minutes. Yeah. It, it's, it is kind of ludicrous. Put him in Scotland. <laughs> they don't know him there. Yeah. He can just drive down. <laughs> Just rent a car. Or I suppose in Ireland, maybe this is where Boris Johnson thought the idea for that bridge. Oh, yes, that might be it, yeah. He probably thought it'd be a good way for Donald Sutherland to get to Norfolk. Yeah. That'll solve that plot loophole in The Eagles Landed. <laughs> that's, that's what Brexit's all about for Boris. Yes, yes. Is there any... I'm trying to think. Is there any bits in this film where they needed a garden bridge? <laughs> no. That could have solved that A garden issue. bridge too far. That's a different film to do. It's got Kane in it. Uh, it has got Kane. And Connery. And Connery. Wow. And Anthony Hopkins. Yes, as uh, Colonel John Everybody's Frost. in it, aren't they? Yeah. yeah it's one of them. Uh, but Donald Pleasance um, is Himmler. Donald Pleasance. It's, it's a lovely performance. It is, but again, he doesn't do an accent. I know all about your plan. I know what is written on every single page. Even the one you haven't got yet. <laughs> the court martial of Herr Oberst Steiner and his men. The uh, arrogance of this Steiner is dazzling. No, but it's it's a really weird, quirky. He he does his kind of. Then we will be most embarrassed. The sort of you know what's happening under that table. Hmm. Someone's tickling his bits. Someone is. While he tells his slightly amusing He's German. Probably um, Goering hopping up and down on his. Yes. Feet. Oh no. Yeah. No. Goebbels. Goebbels, Goebbels does the hopping up and down on his feet. Yeah. Yeah. What was Goering doing? Um, probably just eating. Yeah. Very large man. Was. Very large man. He ate something at the end, didn't he? Did he? What did he eat at the end? Yeah, a suicide pill. Did he? Did he take poison? He did. Oh, I did not know that. I know Goebbels yeah. did and poisoned his family as well. Yes. But Goering did when it, at the Nuremberg trials when he was in his cell. Oh, did they smuggle him in a 
sort of Must cyanide laced massive pork chop. Yes. Schnitzel. Death by schnitzel. Yeah, the chalk ice. Yeah. <laughs> chalk ice. Smash pot. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Smashpot. Yes, and uh, Duval's not allowed to smoke in his presence. No. Because they were very anti-smoking, weren't they, the Nazis? Yes, it seems a bit odd. Duval does go, do you mind if I smoke? He would so know that Reich Marshal or Reich Führer, um, whatever his name, Himmler, does not like that. So, no. And he's basically you know, saying, do you want to shoot me now? Yeah. Um, and he gets given, he says, how am I going to achieve this mission? Because it's a feasibility study that suddenly becomes a go mission. Yeah. He says, how can I achieve this? I need so much to do in... And, uh, Himmler hands him Donald Pleasant's hands in the letter yeah. that's signed by Adolf Hitler himself by Adolf yeah apparently by Adolf Hitler and we don't see the signature no but my first thought is do you know what the plan can wait a couple of days I'm going to exploit this letter yeah I'm going to go into pubs going uh, Hitler says I should have a free round yeah uh, you know Hitler says I should have that nice car that I want <laughs> I mean if you've got that letter you yeah. might as well it's it's a blank check yeah you go in anyway say hello I'd, I'd like that please what what do you mean? No, 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 no. Adolf says, unfold letter. Because I don't know if you know this, Mark, but Hitler was quite popular at this point. Was he? In Germany. In yeah. Germany. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Himmler says that Michael Caine's character is a romantic fool for trying to save a Jew woman. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they don't approve of his uh, whimsy. Yeah, oh, his whimsy. Yeah. His whimsy at getting people shot in a different way to they would have been shot an hour later anyway. Yeah. But they're all about feasibility and logistics. They are. What's the point of putting someone on a slow train shooting them? <laughs> Wasting bullets. Oh, yeah. Well, that's true. And they've already done that, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, but Duval must once again be wondering why he's the only one doing an accent at this point. <laughs> Because every scene he's been in with anybody, they're not doing the accent. Well, Donald Pleasance is sort of doing an accent, but what he's doing is he's Donald Pleasance playing a baddie accent mm. that he often does. That slightly excited tinge with a little bit of middle European voice, but you're never quite sure. They go and see Kane and Alderley. Is that in the Channel Islands? Alderney, yeah. Yeah, Alderney, yeah. sorry. Uh, Kane, do you think he's worked out for this film? He is looking. He looks a bit, in really good shape. Yeah, he looks trimmer and buffer. Yeah, and he's definitely got a uniform and particularly a leather jacket that's cut quite close. And the hat looks good on him. Yeah. Well, when when uh, Duval turns up, he's just got off this um, torpedo. Yeah, the torpedo boat. Yeah. And he's got a natty leather jacket and mm. a nice sort of forage cap, and he's smoking a cigar. Yeah. And you just go. It's unnecessarily cool for someone in a, who's, in a, who's basically been punished. Who's standing in a boat full of dead bodies? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like he's gone, I'm, I'm not helping with the bodies, guys, because I've got to smoke my cigar and look cool. Yeah. He does look great. He does. He'd be a good Nazi. Yeah. Well, don't yeah. tell him that. No, I won't. He might get ideas as he gets older. He's getting ideas already, isn't he? Is he? He's big Brexit man, isn't he? Oh, is he? Yeah. Well, in many ways, I think you can see this as a Brexit film. There's the whole, you know, the Boris Johnson bridge to thing. And then, and then later on, there's a, a whole lot of Polish people who turn out to be German spies, you see. Yeah. And I think you could see it as an allegory. Mm. Uh, in 1976, which was not long after Britain had just joined the EEC as it was then. Yeah. So, who's to say it wasn't an anti-Ted Heath film? It might be. Everyone's anti-Ted Heath now. Yeah. Um, so, him and his men agreed to join the mission after checking over the plans. Yes, that's right. They get they take the plans, don't they? And, and they look over them out, like that. Them. Yeah. But this is quite a complicated plan, unless it just says, parachute in, <laughs> pretend to be someone else, Kill, kill Churchill, kidnap Churchill. It's a drawing. Yeah. It's a Plane stick. here, Churchill here, you, gun. It's a little stick figure that Robert Duvall has done with his wooden hand. With his wooden hand, Because, yeah. you know, that's my drawing hand, and I'm you know, I'm not changing to my other hand. I wonder if he takes off the glove and all his fingers are pencils. <gasps> That'd be good, wouldn't it? Different Edward colours. Pencil hands. Yeah. <laughs> the other film, the more arty film, it's, uh, it's like Edward Scissorhands meets, you know, that, that film about Turner. <laughs> Yes, you know, know that one. I mean. Timothy Spall. Timothy Spall is yeah, Edward, Mr. Mr. Turner. Edward Panty Hands. Edward Panty Hands. <laughs> Not Panty Hands. Panty Hands would be. That's, that's not the porn version. That's the Me Too version. Edward Panty Hands. <laughs> All wrong. Anthony Hopkins, I'm imagining. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Sutherland, in the meantime, says, I'm going to go to the pub and get a drink. Uh, so Kane, as we say, likes the plan. And they tell him that he can pardon Kane and get him his rank back. Yeah. Yes, because he keeps talking about how he's got no rank anymore. Yeah, he wears the hat, but it doesn't mean anything. He's just got the respect of his men still. Yeah. And it's and he's you can see all the way through he's doing it for his men. Mm. It's not about him. Well, he does say, uh, as long as men. it's not just my rank, all their ranks yeah. as well. Yeah. He needs to get uh, his second-in-command, Hauptmann thingy, Yeah. who's played by a Swedish folk singer. That's right. Bjorn um, from ABBA. It's not Bjorn from ABBA. That oh. would be awesome. It would, wouldn't it? Well, that'd be great. Why didn't he pop up in films? Oh, why aren't they actors? I don't know. I mean, they were jolly good in the videos. <laughs> they were jolly good. <laughs> so Sutherland is in the pub and uh, he gets drink poured all over him. Oh, well, that, yes, that's great because they think he's... It's that weird thing they go, oh, this is what the Gestapo dress like these days. You think, 
I mean, okay, the accent's not very good Irish accent, but he's no. clearly not German. No, but he is a cluder. Yeah. Maybe they don't like cl- people colluding with the Nazis. That might, that's true. So he pours a drink all over his arm and then Sutherland licks his fingers suggestively, which I didn't like. I mean, it's it's kind of weird. And then he asks the barman to suck his thumb. Yeah. Which, again, is really odd. It's a bit weird. It's like a sort of, you know, it's a cut scene from him and Julie Christie and Don't Look Now that he yes. went, I've always wanted to do this. Could we, would you mind? Oh, God, Donald's, oh, we've let him do the accent. We're going to have to let him do this. And again, it's because John Sturge was thinking about retiring to go fishing. Mm. He just went, ah, oh, let Donald do whatever he wants. Yeah. Let him do the sexy it. whiskey sucking. Yeah. It's important to the film. It, it, well, yes, it is important. It builds his character that we don't really know anything about. It does. He's a, he's a devil-may-care sort. He is. Mm. Thinks with his bit. Well, we haven't even got to his lasciviousness yet. No, we haven't. Well, he, do, he, he saves that for when he gets to England. Yeah. It's like parachuting out the plane sort of gives him a hormonal surge because he looks at anyone and everything with lustful eyes for the second half of the film. Well, they do say for skydiving that you stick with your dick. I'm sorry? Well, when do, you're skydiving, apparently, yeah. you they say push with the bush if you're a lady. Right. Or stick oh, what, with the to dick. to get the position, the yeah. correct free fall position. Yeah. I don't know. I've only ever done static line parachuting. Who's that? Where you, you have a line attached to the plane that pulls the parachute out for you. So you oh, don't have right. to worry. All you have to do is... Was this when you were doing your training? It was when I... Yeah, for this film, I thought, you know, <laughs> methods, method podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Now, when I was younger, I did the parachute jump. Wow. Yeah, it was really scary. Was it? But awesome. Hmm. Ah. Was it one of those ones where you were terrified, but when you actually landed, you were like, I want to do that again now? Uh, it was... Uh, do you know what? Adrenaline took over, and when my foot was dangling outside of this tiny light aircraft, ready to hmm. jump, I was dangling over 3,000 feet of space, whatever. I just thought, well, this is kind of so weird. It's brilliant. Hmm. And then when, you, when you're drifting down under the canopy, you just go... That is amazing. Hmm. And generally, I'm a bit scared of heights, so I don't know why I wasn't from under a parachute. It was like going to Thorpe Park. It was a little bit like a really dangerous version of Thorpe Park. Wow. Uh, that sounds good. Was that exciting? Was there a queue? Uh, not much of a queue, no. But there were those people who had those passes that let them leap to the front of the queue. Hmm. But they all forgot their parachutes. They were so impatient. <laughs> and splatter. Less haste, more speed, I see. Yes, exactly. Uh, so Sutherland, the, the, they're going to send Sutherland off that night to Ireland, as we discussed earlier. And uh, he arrives in Norfolk... Yes, you see him walking through Instantly. a field of cows like he's yeah. he's been dropped on the Ulster board aboard a Ulster yeah. and he managed to walk there overnight. I was so confused because I thought, oh, he's in Ireland, yeah. okay, and he's going to meet someone and they're going to take him to Norfolk. But no, he's in Norfolk yeah. immediately. It is extraordinary. I mean, so again, it's, it's, it's you know talk but don't show. Yeah. Again, we're just told he's arrived in Norfolk. I don't know why it would have been such a tiny tweet to the screenplay to go, we'll drop you in Norfolk. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the answer, everyone. Look, we're flying to London to do the Blitz. Yeah. In fact, we dropped him on Norwich anyway, yes. so we'll drop you as well. Yeah, I mean, why a plane would bother going all the way over all the anti-aircraft defences of the entire <laughs> British Isles yeah. rather than just a bit of them? Yeah. It's insane. It is insane. I mean, the more I think about it, the more that plan of Duval's was just crayon drawings and, you know, I'm sorry, I was sorry, Colonel Steiner, I was a little bit drunk when I did this, <laughs> a little bit lonely. <laughs> One of these cigarettes from the Russians was actually a big doobie. Yes. And I was flying around my room because I was high. It was, uh, used I, to. Yes, I, we haven't addressed the fact that uh, Kane is called Colonel Steiner. Yeah. And Which means beer, doesn't it? Uh, beer well, glass. the Stein is a beer glass. Yeah. But my thing, and ever since I discovered the fact there's a type of uh, German-led educational school called Steiner Schools, mm. I automatically associate them with something set up by Michael Caine's character from The Eagle Has right. Landed. His legacy. Yeah, it's his legacy. <laughs> Named after And him. I know they're all about art and the child, you know, but to me it's 
it's it's not like it's I like the real Steiner's Mandela name, House. Rudolf Steiner. Yeah. It's a it's a Kurt Steiner. It's you know this is his legacy. Hmm. He was the good man. He was that got the woman shot in a diff killed in a different way. Yeah, good for him. Like a Steiner. Is there a statue of God. him putting that woman on the train while she's being shot? Nobly grinning at the <laughs> not the camera, the sculptor. Just looking confused. It's like she got shot. I don't understand. <laughs> I thought I'd saved it. Yeah, but Donald Sutherland's arrived, hasn't he? Yeah, he goes to meet Jean Marsh. Yeah, who's playing uh, uh, what's her name, Joanna Gray, which means yeah. I always misremember her as Jean Gray. Like, but that that's that's one of the X Men, so that doesn't work. She was the baddie in Willow, wasn't she? Oh, was she? She was the bad witch in Willow. Oh, I did. When I that. see her, I always imagine her in Willow. Ah, and also the co-creator of Upstairs Downstairs, of course, with Eileen Atkins. It's difficult to. I mean, it's easy to remember that they both created Upstairs Downstairs. Yeah, it is very easy to remember that. Yeah. I've just demonstrated it there. Yeah, well done, well played. And it was easy. And she, when he arrives, she's doing some lovely gardening, I she seem is. to remember. Like she all is. good spies. And he turns up in a kind of um, Timmy Lee confessions movie way where he's kind of like, all right, should we, <laughs> we go and have sex? He does, he he's doesn't. looking. This is it, I swear, as soon as he gets to it, he starts looking at the backside or bits or relevant erogenous zones of any person, mm. animal, Vegetable. or inanimate object he comes yeah. across. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, he's definitely in, in in putting in the uh, the sexy zones, and he does that trick. We've forgotten the trick with the dog. Oh yeah, the crocodile. I've written here. He crocodile Dundee's the dog. Well, I think you'll find crocodile Dundee. Liam Devlin's the. You're right. Because yeah. uh, he came after us, didn't and he? Goes, and the he does dog's it, calm. He does it to a dog on the. It's a it's a really slightly clunky setup well, of something that's going to pay off. She's but got he, does it, he does it to a German guard dog on the tarmac before he flies off. Oh, I missed that. Someone barks him and he goes and does his think trip with the finger and the dog goes down quietly. And then about mm. five minutes later, he does it the same with uh, Gene Gray's Gene Marsh's yeah. uh, Irish Wolfhound. Yeah. And you know, once, you know, it's what they say about spying. You know, once is coincidence, twice is enemy action. Mm. Once is co- once is a thing in a film. Mm. Twice is. This will be used at the end, won't yeah, it? Yeah. It's set up like a bit of a sledgehammer. And it is. It is. And it doesn't even work. No. I don't think... His whole character, as we say, doesn't work, but that particularly doesn't work. Bonkers. Yeah. Um, but he's been given a job, as you say, with a, as a gamekeeper, and he's been given all identification papers. Yes, it's sort of a gamekeeper. He's called a Marsh Warden. Marsh Warden, that's it, yeah. What? What is that? <sighs> I, I think know. Robert Duvall asks him that, doesn't he, at one point? Yeah. He goes, what is a Marsh Warden? He goes, it's a Marsh Warden. Yeah. I think, I think, let's face it, that's the screenwriter admitting yeah. this is a slightly made-up job. Yeah. And particularly as he's, later on they visit the marshes and it doesn't look like marshes, it's just like some woods. No, at one point they talk about these vast salt marshes. Yeah. Nah. Never see them. It's some woods and a beach. Yeah. The salt marshes aren't there. Plus, what do you do if you're a marsh warden? You just what? drive around like a lifeguard, like Checking Baywatch. It. Yeah, or a fire warden. You have to run around shouting, look out, there's a marsh. <laughs> It's like Jaws. Maybe that's why he's got the time to go and be the enemy spy. He goes, he's a marsh warden at a place where there is no marsh. Are you going to close the marshes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look, ignore the Nazis. This is going to be the best July 4th this town's ever had. <laughs> Dolly zoom in on Liam Devlin's face as he realises there's a bit of marsh that someone's wandering into. Someone's just tripped over on the marshes. He runs out. <laughs> Yeah, he's a marsh warden. He gets given a shotgun and a motorbike. He brings in Richard Dreyfus as an expert of marshes. Okay. Well, of course, he's actually the job has been got for him by Gene Marsh. So maybe it's a oh, I mean, that's not a determinism. It's a sort of maybe it's a sex thing. Oh, maybe the marsh warden means it's doing the business. Oh, I'll do that, yeah. Yeah, that's a much better accent. He wasn't. That was a terrible accent. It was better than his. But his uh, he goes to the pub. Yeah. Oh, I love 
that scene. And you know their favourite fact about this scene? Mm. He is insulted by a chap called Arthur. Yeah. Who is? I noticed he was dubbed. Yes, immediately. very dubbed. Yeah. And I looked it up. Brian Blessed. Did the dubbing? Yeah. Then, even though it's a very over-the-top, slightly country yokel thing, it must be amongst Blessed's most restrained performances ever. Very much so. But it was the odd word here and there, and I thought, that voice sounds very familiar. So I yeah. looked up Brian Blessed. Yeah. Because he's all, all the start again, he's awkwardly dubbed. Yeah, it's very awkwardly dubbed, and he says things like, I will crush you like a slug. Yeah. And maybe the giveaway because then he goes, and then you will no longer be alive! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, man. We were expecting a delivery later of Gordon's gin, but sadly the man who makes it has died. He hasn't. What? Gordon's alive? It's a very bad bit of dubbing, and it's yeah. it's one of those hilarious sort of... Uh, um, look, everyone's very friendly to the Irish person with the dodgy accent they never met before, apart from the one person who's picked him as a wrong'un. And they're right! Mm. And also, it's another one of those instances of these kind of films where you're like, well, that man's a stuntman. Yeah. So they're going to dub him because he can't do acting properly. Yes, that's true. Because he's in this basically just to get hit and fall over a lot. Yeah, but then when we come to the fight, it's one of the, he's he's the worst person at fighting in the world. He's terrible. I mean, I'm better at fighting than him, and I'm the worst person at fighting in the world. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree with that. Uh, but he meets, um, he sees Jenny Agatha briefly, doesn't she? Yes, She's he delivering meets her milk. outside. Yeah, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. And he makes some. Sort he comes of... around on his tiny motorbike. He has a tiny motorbike and basically has about nine consecutive hashtag me too moments with yes. her. It's all, you know, utterly filthy. Because she's at this point probably about, what, 20? Uh, well, she claims she's 19 or nearly 19 in the film. And in real mm. life, she's about 24, 25, I she think. She looks very young. Yeah. And he doesn't look very young at all. No. Well, so Donald has never looked very young, has he? He looked very old in The Dirty Dozen, his first real film role, didn't he? He looked ancient there. Donald Sutherland's in The Dirty Dozen. Yeah, he's maggot. I'd forgotten about that yeah. fact. I haven't seen that film in a long... Is he one of the Dirty Dozen? Yeah. I've forgotten that. Yeah. Um, was he in the Dirty Dozen I Return? Uh, I, I don't think anyone was in it, if you look at their CVs, because yeah. they had them expunged. Only Ernest Borgnine has stuck with it. Savalas is in the sequel. Is he? Yeah. Is he? Okay. Well, yeah. no, actually, can he be? Because he, didn't he get killed in the first one? I don't think that matters, He's the Dirty it? of the Dirty Dozen, isn't he? That doesn't matter. Oh, yes, yeah, Savalas does. No, it's um, it'll be... Um, Lee Marvin. It's Marvin, yeah, yeah. that's it. He did all those films in the 80s, didn't he? Like Delta Force. Well, not like Del- Delta Force. Great, that's Chuck Norris. He did Delta Force 2 as well. Did he? Delta Force 2 Electric Boogaloo. Yes, right. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, the Jenny Agatha meets... Well, obviously, as I say, Donald Sutherland gets in a confrontation with Brian Blessed Man. Yeah. And then he goes to the marsh or the beach or wherever we're calling it. And he meets with Jenny Agatha. And yes. they have a little canoodle. Yeah, and we've also got that bit when he first sees her, he comes up and he goes, goes, good morning to you, Colleen. Yeah. Which is almost like, in case you've forgotten I'm Irish, I'm going to call her Colleen. Yeah. (sighs) Seriously, everyone? Oh, my God. Seriously? Uh, but it's a bit creepy and neutral yeah. on the beach. Yeah. He does. He do, he follows her, and and that's another example. He goes and he there's the horse there. Yeah. And he looks lasciviously at the horse. Mm. Like if I can't find Jenny Agatha, I will be coming back to have a little chat with you, horsey horse. Mm. He, as soon as he lands in the in country, he looks at everyone with a roving eye. Nay, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's very very dirty man. Yeah. Very dirty man. Uh, but meanwhile, Kane and his men are getting ready, and they're dressed up as British soldiers. 
They are, yes. Uh, not British soldiers, Polish. Polish, beg your pardon. Polish, yeah. you can tell it's different camouflage pattern. Yeah. Um, I couldn't tell. Different that, ranks, different ranks. Well, Actually, it might be the same as a British parachute smock, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, they disguise themselves as Poles, which mm. will excuse the lack of English yeah. and the European accents, one supposes. Mm. It does work, though. Yeah, it does. Works very That's well. an idea. But they insist on wearing their normal uniforms underneath. underneath. Which is a really bad idea, as it turns out. It's going to be really hot. Yeah. really hot. Mind you, may, may, they may know they're going to England where it never gets hot. Oh, that's true. Also, it's November. It's yeah. meant to be November the 6th of November, uh, even though for the whole film the sun shines and the birds are tweeting nicely and people aren't dressed as if it was November. That's a very good point. They could have just picked a different date, like the yeah. 6th of August or something. Mind you, 6th of August, 1970. Presumably, they filmed this in 77. That's during the, the summer heat wave. Or 75. It's 76, oh, 76 the film came out, so I think they might have done it. Oh, yeah. Sorry. 75. 76 was the heat wave, yeah. wasn't it? That was hot. Well, yeah. imagine wearing two loads of uniform in that. Oh. oh, they'd be chafing at best. They would. I mean, you'd actually sweat bits off. They'd be very wild geese. What? Yes. I don't know why I just said that. Well, it was very hot for the wild geese. It was. Africa, even hotter. Yeah. Sad are the eyes. <laughs> Of the flight of the wild, wild geese. Well done, Joan. Brings a new moon. Well done, Miss Armour Trading. It's a good song, that. It's a great song. Good film. <clears throat> anyway, so... But they, um, they, want to, they want to keep their German uniforms underneath. Yeah. So they won't get shot as spies. Yeah. Um, uh, which seems, you know, fair this, enough. This whole plan, though, kept reminding me of that Dad's Army episode. <laughs> where they go to the village dressed as baddies to see who will spot them. <laughs> And Pike's dressed as a pirate and all that. Yeah, this whole film is that Dad's Army episode. Well, as you carry on, I think you realise more and more... Well, we'll get to the bits where you go, hang on a bit, come on, it's a bit mm. silly. Mm. But oh, there's also a really interesting bit where they go, uh, where Duval goes, I, in his German accent, goes, I, I see you have changed the parachutes, uh, adjust them. And Kane yeah. goes, yeah, we have, in his English accent. <laughs> um, That's what I mean, he's... Uh, you know, it must be so annoying yeah. if you're doing the accent. I'm not having you, Duval, do the bloody acting on me. <laughs> oh. You can play that game. I don't. No. Um, but they have this special thing that he goes, uh, oh, we need this on so we can steer the chutes if we're going to land in the uh, in the water. So we can pull them back up and, and land somewhere else. Yeah, and, and <laughs> so you can reverse them. Yeah. But I, I don't know if you noticed, but I noticed these sort of things. When they're dropping out, that attachment is not on the parachute. No, no, it's not, is it? No. So it's a completely pointless scene. Maybe there's a scene where Robert DeVar goes, that is a shit idea, take them off. <laughs> or we see him at night with scissors cutting it yeah, off. yeah. So she'll teach that arrogant fucker not to do an accent. Perhaps with his scissor hand. Yeah, there we are. He has. Oh, he is there with scissor hands. If I can just get the pencil he's, off this finger he's and like the blade henchman, on. Henchman in the film Inner Space, you can remove his hand and replace Ooh, yes. it. Yeah. At one point, he replaces it with a dildo. That's always edifying. Kids' film. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. they might not recognise it. I certainly didn't. No. I didn't know what it was when I saw it. Uh, but Donald Sutherland uh, goes to see Jen Agata in a graveyard after a church ceremony. Yes. And Brian Blessed Man <clears throat> yeah. turns up and they wants to fight Sutherland. Yeah. Sutherland bests him. Well, that's because the man moves incredibly slowly, hmm. punches about four feet to the side of Donald Sutherland, because yeah. if he was a stuntman, he was not a very good stuntman. No. And Donald Sutherland just beats the hell out of him. Hmm. Very easily. Very easily. Giving the holy trinity that his uncle from Belfast taught him of, what is it, footwork, hitting... And hopping. Hopping. He got that from... um, And just a little bit of dirty work. (laughs) He got the hopping from Goebbels. Yes, well, you know, Goebbels knew how to fight. (laughs) And hop. And hop. Yeah. And the vicar sees him. Yeah. The wonderful John Standing. Yeah. He's always good, isn't he? He's never anything less than 103% British. No, absolutely. 
Well, that's the odd thing, isn't it? Though he's um, because early on we have met him and his sister, who's in the. Uh, she's a WAF, isn't a she? WAF. Women's Air Force Auxiliary. Yeah, Auxiliary Air Force Auxiliary. And um, but in this small Norfolk village, the, it's a Catholic church, mm. which always strikes me as a bit odd, because you know I don't know. There's, there was that thing, wasn't there, with Henry VIII, sort of not letting the Catholics exist for a while. Yeah, and we don't have many Catholic churches in Britain anymore, and probably no. not in a nice village like that. But it no. makes it convenient for a lot of the Liam Devlin dialogue about needing confession mm. and things like that well this has probably been written by an american hasn't it there is that yeah yeah and if you made him protestant which is much more likely mm. and devlin comes in, you just end up with reams on the cutting room floor of theological arguments about transubstantiation and <laughs> i mean there are people who might like that yeah not me no i mean it would be getting in the way of the film it's but, a different uh, film isn't it yeah very different yeah. film a, a film about an irishman who goes to a Protestant town, yeah, and has trouble fitting in with the theology of it. Yeah, it's more, uh, it's more low key BBC Four type foreign film. Mm. Not for our tastes. Not for our tastes, no. We're simple folk. We are. So, Sutherland <clears throat> readies the beach. Yes. For the landing. By putting out some squares of dark material. Yeah. In the dark. Yeah. It will contrast with the lighter sand of the Norfolk seashore. <laughs> this might be the marshes. It might be the marshes. Maybe they glow at night. <laughs> Up again, wouldn't it? Yeah. Come to the bit that's not glowing. I've covered up the glowing bit. Mm. Mm. Maybe he's covered bits of the glowing bit so it spells out land here. <laughs> that's probably it. Yeah. But they do they do land. And um... and there is no need for him to have done that because if, you know, he goes, they go back to his little house and he goes, uh, oh, Mrs. Gray has provided us with two army trucks. Mm. I mean... Mrs. Gray must be some sort of super spy. Yeah. She's got, she lives in Norfolk. Mm. I mean, you know, Norfolk is quite a distance from anywhere, anywhere nowadays, but mm. back then was really very distant from London, anywhere you get a passport or papers. She got papers for Donald Sutherland. Yeah. She's managed to get her hands on two army trucks without anyone noticing. <laughs> I mean, that is a bit odd. Yeah, also, how does she drive them both at once? Well, she sits one in one and then half in the other and uses one hand each. Which would, of course, bring no attention on the small country roads of rural no. Norfolk. Those, as we all know, the country roads of England are very wide and would fit two trucks. They are. They're known as two-truck roads. Yes, they are. And then there's a great bit in there where there's a radio. Hmm. Donaldson's got a radio because he's been doing... it's uh, What's his call sign? I can't remember. It's their eagle and he's uh, another bird, isn't he? Falcon or something. Something like that, yeah. Um, and uh, there's a great bit. The radio's chuntry away, and Michael Caine goes, um, get all the men gathered that want to do that. And having been told the whole time, we've got to be careful, speak only English, or pretend to be Polish, someone yells out, "Your hair oberst really loudly in the dark. And you go, um... I mean, the two trucks have been driven here by a middle-aged British woman. Someone's yelling, "Your hair oberst Yeah. Someone somewhere must go... Something a bit odd happening here. I mean, this is the Dad's Army movie again, it is isn't it? Dad's Army movie. And they, and they end in a church in that as well. It is extraordinary, you know. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, uh, Brian Blessed Man turns up at the cottage yes, with Jen Agatha. And he finds a pistol that's a German pistol. While, while Sutherland's down on the beach. While yeah. he's down on the beach, yeah. And um, finds loads of papers and says to Agatha, I'm going to have to dob him in. Yeah, and because he, he says these are German, don't, don't yeah. they? Yeah. Which again makes out that Sutherland is a rubbish spy. Yeah. I tell you what I'll do. I'll just leave the stuff in German over as a double bluff. He's basically shifty from bread. <laughs> it's weird, yes. Yeah, it's just cocky. Yeah, she's found that and then she... She he, shoots Arthur. She does. Brian Blessed Man in the back. Yeah. And now, uh, I, I'm worried I've missed something here. Mm. 
Are we saying that Donald Sutherland has known her for years? Well, what is very odd is that he turns up, hmm. makes hashtag me to uh, conversation with her, yeah. goes down to the beach, has a genuine you know moment with her hmm. where she's, she has some weird line, doesn't she, about um, I'm sure you could find a hundred or a thousand things wrong with me, but you wouldn't throw me out of bed on a wet Saturday night. Hmm. That's men for you. Yeah. It's like, wow, that's, you know, do do 19-year-olds in rural Norfolk in World War II talk that way? Evidently. Evidently, yeah. um, And then they sort of have a kiss, and he says, go on, get away with you in case my mad passion runs away with me. Mm. And then it seems like there's a sort of enormous time cut, which in the reality of the film seems to be about 12 hours. Yeah. But they then seem to be in love. Yes. And like they're in a proper relationship. And yeah. everything they talk about is about how, oh, I didn't come here to fall in love, but you made me fall in love with you. And it implies mm. they've actually... You know, they're, they've got quite a deep relationship. Yeah. And I know in wartime, you know, passion does run hot and things do happen quicker, but I, I'm not sure it would happen that quickly. I think, no. I think there must be about 10 missing minutes of film. Yeah, that's why I was really confused. I thought it were trying to say that they've known each other for years or something. Yeah, it does imply that, but I think it's missed out. And I, I think there's a sort of implied when they are putting on the Polish uniforms in back in uh, Germany or Holland or wherever they are yeah. to fly over. I think it's implied there's been a bit of training going on. Hmm. So I think what we've missed there is a is a is a training slash sex montage. Yes. Um, yes, because then you could say that you know he perhaps you know took her virginity or something, and therefore she was in love with him, and that's why she murdered somebody on his behalf. Yes, because it does come almost out of nowhere. Yeah. And even though this Arthur isn't is a buffoon hmm. and horrible person, she's known this stranger with a dodgy accent for a very short time. Yeah. You think she might go. All right, Arthur, we don't get on well, but crikey, yes, he's carrying a Luger and has got papers in German. Mm. Maybe this guy's a spy! Yeah, but she instead murders him. Yeah, that's the logical. And then runs away. Yeah. Yes, she does run away, yeah. So when Kane and Sutherland and everybody get back to their cottage, they find a dead body on the floor. Yeah. And Sutherland expect, uh, inspects his double-barrelled shotgun. Yes. And he sees the spent cartridges in there. Yeah, and that's right, and that's right, and that's where Kane goes, I want this body buried immediately, and that's where someone yeah. goes, Yahe Oberst. That's right. Which presumably a fleeing Jenny Agatha hears and goes... No, it's probably fine. It's probably fine. <laughs> They're probably Scottish. <laughs> Duval goes to see Donald Pleasance and informs him... The, the eagle, eagle has, has landed. landed. Yes, Neil Armstrong has landed on the moon. Yes. <laughs> 24 years early. Wow. 25 years early. Must have got a really slow satellite reception. Yeah. For that. Or fast, even. It, it is a slightly odd title to have picked, you know, seven... I had not considered that fact. You're damn right. That it's called the book. When did the book come out? Seventy four. Mm. Earlier, you know, five years on. You've done a book called The Eagle Landed. I was, I would. I know they probably plaster a swastika and Nazi eagle on the top. But you think they have just taken the threat that you know one of the most famous phrases. You know, Houston Tranquility Base. The Eagle has landed. That is mm. pretty famous. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, That's oh, well, maybe really... not that famous then. Yeah, well, not to idiots like me. Uh, but Pleasance tells him that they will that won't tell Hitler, as he wants it to be a surprise. Yes, and this is, this is the this is the gorgeous scene where, obviously, someone while they've been shooting has gone. You know, we've mentioned Hitler a lot. We haven't seen Hitler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, can't we get you know some sort of Hitler in? Even if it's just in the background. Yeah. And so they have a picture of Hitler in a frame on Himmler's desk that's mm. right in the front of every shot of this three-minute scene. Yeah. And it really is extraordinary. Like every time they mention Hitler, you look at that and go, oh, that's Hitler. Yeah. Oh, that's Hitler. So Just in case you'd forgotten who Hitler was. It's like he's there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except he clearly isn't. He's doing Avengers Infinity War. 
Um, but Kane um, introduces himself to the village and meets Treat Williams. But has, hasn't also hasn't Himmler ripped the letter up? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a bit earlier when Donald Sutherland's getting in the plane to go, and he goes, "You know, this whole plan. You know, are we sure that signets are on the bottom of that letters, not a forgery about yeah, the Hitler letter?" That's right. And he goes, "Why don't you fly to Berchtesgaden and and uh, you know ask him yourself?" Yeah. And of course, that's what's in the fact that it is a fake letter that that Himmler's done for him. Hmm. So it's actually quite clever that. It's yeah, quite, it is, quite isn't well it? done. Yeah. Quite well seeded. Yeah, but he just rips the letter up. And if yeah. that was really Hitler's letter, Hitler would instinctively know that and Himmler would have been in a lot of trouble. He would. He'll he, be on the naughty step. He, he was get, on he, the naughty step in the end, wasn't he? Yeah, and he got banned from his all his screens. I'm a confusing Nazi party discipline with parenting, I might be. Parenting. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't allowed to have his iPad on Saturday mornings. Yeah. This iPad? No, I don't know. I was trying to Germanize it. It wouldn't work. No. Yeah, well, Himmler got in trouble because he t- he surrendered, didn't he? Did he? he? Didn't he? I don't know. I thought he did. I thought awesome. he waved the white flag. Oh, well, didn't he? Wasn't he found uh, hiding no, as a chicken farmer? No, he uh, announced himself now in charge of the Nazi party while Hitler was still in the bunker. Right. Hitler was cross about that. Even though, yeah, oh, did he? And then yeah. Dernitz took over when Hitler shot himself, Admiral right. Dernitz. Wasn't I thought Himmler was There's the one they found web chicken. About that, isn't it, it is Heil Dernitz. Did you write that one? No, I did not. Uh, I did not. I didn't even was even in it. But um, uh, yes, it's quite nice. This is rather tragic. Well, I might as well take the now. Heils now. Yeah. <laughs> the next two minutes, before <laughs> I sign the instrument of surrender. Yeah. Um, Who wrote the Nazi sketch in Mitchell and Webb? You know, are we the bad guys? That would be uh, Robin David Mitchell and Webb. Was it? Yeah. It's a fucking great sketch, sketch of genius. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. Wow. That was a really brilliantly written sketch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really much better than anything I could ever write. <laughs> oh, come, don't be so hard on yourself. No, all right, it's quite a lot better. Not not much better. Not much a better. bit better than anything I could ever write. There well, I wouldn't even go there. <laughs> um, but Kane introduced himself to the village, as I say, and he meets Treat Williams. Yes, yeah, which takes him by surprise, mm. doesn't it? Because he's just gone to introduce himself to our vicar man. Yeah. And then when he comes out, we see the vicar man's sister's there yeah with her friend who turns up in a jeep with her treat williams yes and we find out that there's an american garrison up the road yeah eight miles up the road even though she's based at mildenhall which is quite a long way back in cambridgeshire i think sorry i know this sort of weird yeah, she, thing she walked it's fine she walked it's fine but uh, there's also that but the, the way the vicar comes out to meet him is rather lovely because mm. the vicar hears um john standing his beautiful organ music yes and it's one of the uh, one of Kane's men in his Polish paratrooper uniform playing the organ beautifully playing Bach wasn't it yes and he comes out and says something about uh, oh Bach always uplifts the spirit doesn't it it always sounds best on this kind of organ yes played with your versatility and joy it's amazing it should have been a great escape moment where the guy turns and goes oh Javol yes Dankeschön yes my, my wife, who's half German, went to get a German passport, by the way, from the uh, German embassy the other week. Mm. And I said, the one thing you have to remember is, if you're leaving, they say, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Do not respond in English. That's the last test. Exactly. I'm very proud of myself for that. That's Rather, very good. I don't, it's not a racist joke. It's fine. It's not racist. No, you're, re- you're referencing a... Also, also, I love Germany. I love, love my German relatives. You've, you've got German friends, haven't you? Some of my best friends are German. Oh, no. Oh, oh, it turns it out I'm a... Pint-sized Nigel Farage. Um, that would be even smaller than a pint, though, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. He's quite a small He's man, quite anyway. small, isn't he? Um, yes, but they meet Treat Williams, much yep. to Kane's surprise. And he, Kane manages to get out of him how many men are in the garrison. Yes, it's rather nice, isn't it? How, how many men are in that garrison? Yeah. He says something like 3,000 or something. Yeah, they've only got a company there at the time, yeah. I think. And uh, who are they? They're Rangers, US Rangers. So they're, yeah. they're pretty good troops. They're pretty tough. 
So Treat Williams, I think he's a bit suspicious, isn't he? Because he goes back to his base and we meet Larry Hagman. Oh, the fantastic Larry Hagman. He's in a different film, isn't he? He is in a different film, but it's also a brilliant performance. Mm. 11 weeks training for this mission. Day after tomorrow, the rest of the outfit's coming in. We're going to hit the beach. That was my chance. My last chance, Clark. Finally, get my feet wet in action before this goddamn war is over. And now this. You won't be leading us in, sir? Here, read it. Read it. You read that. Stop lying. Pets, Marcy. 01683-8621. Coastal holding detachment. Reassignment Fort Benning, Georgia. Air transportation, priority two. Hell, they're not even in a hurry to get me home. It's a love. It's a genuinely good comic performance. It reminds that. me, he does a very similar thing in Superman the he movie. He does exactly. Yeah. It's exactly that it's when he's got the nuclear part. missiles. Yeah, yeah. Stand back, man. I can do the mouth to mouth. He's really, he's really funny. And you meet him, and he's getting cross because he's got a letter sending him back to the US. Yeah, because he wants to be in. He wants to see action. Yeah, he wants to see action. He's, he's, he's kind of like David Swimmer's character in Band of Brothers. Very much so. Um, <clears throat> and uh, but there's a great bit. He he kicks. The bin hmm. in frustration, and you can realize that metaphor. He's kicked the bucket, and it's hmm. a metaphor of what's going to happen to him. See? Yeah, slightly is this. We we saw that letter on that. Genuine. And there are quite a few little neat little bits of screenwriting loops like that in the film. That mm. if you want to be nerdy and weird about it, yeah, it's actually a very well written movie, despite the massive holes we're pulling in it. Yeah, some of the dialogue is really cracking. Yeah, there's oh, there's a great. Well, I wanted to mention there's a great line earlier where Robert Duvall, uh, they're talking about this plan and will it ever come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And he says to his friend Carly, he says something like, um, uh, a wink from a pretty girl at the party seldom leads to climax. Yes. <laughs> but you would be foolish not to push it as far as it would go. And, I mean, obviously he didn't go to any parties, you know, as a 16-year-old when a, no. if a pretty girl winked at me. There would have been climaxes all over the room, I imagine. Well, it would just be me. <laughs> it would have just been, it would have been, huh, there we go. Uh, um, I'll go home now. Um, but, it, but it's full of scatter with little one-liners like that that are actually really good. Hmm. Um, and you've got the, in fact there's a there's a sexton the grave digger in the graveyard oh yeah has a really nice little three beat comedy cameo there's the bit where uh, he's in the pub at the beginning yes and when Arthur gets beaten up he pours a bucket of water over him yeah because Arthur's turned down a drink earlier from Liam Devlin that's right he goes looks like he brought you a drink anyway son yeah. and he's got a couple of other funny lines like that about foreigners yeah, and he's got... Colonel Sutherland says about foreigners. Yeah, and the, yeah it's just they've got Irish in the village, they've got Polish things, and there's the great bit when he finally finds out they're Germans, mm. and there's, there's stunned music chords, and everyone's looking stunned and shot, and he goes, more bloody foreigners. That's right. <laughs> and it's just, it's really good. It's a really lovely bit of writing to leaven a film that is a bit silly. Mm. But Kane and his men, I forgot to say, when they spoke to the vicar earlier, they wanted permission because they're going to run manoeuvres in the town. Yes. Which, again, just makes me think of that Dad's Army episode. It, it, is, it is all very Dad's Army. And also, mm. why not? Why do that? Mm. Why, why bring attention to yourselves? Yeah. Why do you even have to go into the village? Could they have not just stayed in Donald Sutherland's cottage? This, this is, well, yeah, or hidden in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Or the marshes. Yeah, or the marshes. I mean, because, you know, if Donald doesn't want to let anyone onto the marshes... The marshes is what Gene Marsh's house is called, of That's course. obviously what it is. Well, maybe with the marshes. Maybe they stay with the marshes. Yeah. That's what they do. And, but I don't know why they don't just hide in the woods near the house that Churchill's going to be, no. rather than running around the village and introducing themselves to the... There's a bit where he says he gets in the car and he says to his sergeant, or his note, his hauptman, to his second-in-command, he, go, he goes, remember, don't drive too slowly and drive on the left. And you That's go, right. you don't even need to take that risk. Go and hide in the woods. Yeah. Wait for Churchill. The whole film is a bit silly for that it reason. Is, it really is. We think the best thing is to hide in plain sight. no. Just hide. And then Gene Marsh turns up doing this act about, oh, 
Yes. I don't know who any, any of you are, but I need to go to wherever. Yes, that's and right. And then he offers her a lift. Yeah. And Sutherland goes, oh, I'll go as well. Yes. And they go to discuss the plan. And we find out that Jean Marsh is from a South African background. Yeah. And uh, her father was in a concentration camp. And she says it is not a German invention. Which, which is true in terms of the terminology, concentration mm. camp. But I think very different in the methodology, should we say. Yeah. And yeah. also, she's an out-and-out Nazi. Yeah. Because she does say earlier... Uh, you know, this country hasn't got the discipline the Fuhrer has provided for Germany. Yeah. So, yeah, you're a bit cross of the British for killing your dad. Mm. But you're a Nazi as well. Yeah. She's clearly longing for the Nazis to run the world so they can really crack on with apartheid properly back in South Africa. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's a bad egg. She is a bad egg. It's a terrible egg. But also, she says, you know, she has that great thing. She says, oh, I had, you know, Churchill's party has left Kings Lynn. Mm. They're on the way. How does she know that? Uh, and also... Again, it proves that Donald Sutherland is not necessary. No. Apart from to get a little bit jiggy yeah. with Jenny. Yeah. But if you took him out of this, it would have no impact on the film, would it? No, except you'd miss the sequence which we skipped over, the sort of weird bucolic two-minute sequence where they have a sort of whistling soundtrack as he pursues Jenny Agatha through the woods on his motorbike with a lascivious grin on his face. Oh, yeah. Remember that? It just, yeah. You just get this sort of... On the... Thing, like they remade Ryan's daughter or something mm. and it, it's just really weird and you think yeah John Sturgis was you know he had got that metaphorical sign gone fishing yeah or literal on the edit suite literal yeah there's no way he was involved in editing this no way not that no bit way. it's just mad no um, um, but so Kane and his troops go back to do their pretend manoeuvres yes and, and, and the villagers, finally yep. something might be about to happen yeah, in this well, the film. villagers are all watching them aren't they yeah and a little girl wanders in to watch what they're doing yeah Susan 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 and she it? falls into the watermill <sighs> she does it in the most obvious way like it's almost like you see her sitting on the fence yeah it's almost like she looks up at, a, <laughs> at an assistant director and goes now mm. and she sort of hurls herself in yeah it's not a very well i mean to be fair they they did seem to get a 10 year old to do a stunt yeah and you can't exactly get them to do it more than nine or ten times no but um, one of the one of the <laughs> polish soldiers jumps in to save her he does because they're good credit, and that's, good. that's to prove again they're good yeah but he gets chewed up by the watermill yeah but it sort of impales him like it does someone had really sharpened it it's, and it's like something out of the omen I, yeah i don't you know, I, I think, wouldn't he more likely just go round and round spread eagled in a hilarious Scooby-Doo way? Yeah, and it would get faster and faster. Get, yes, it and do that sort of, it was always like... Doo -doo 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 -doo. Yeah. And he yeah. would say in a Polish-slash-German accent, Raggy! Yeah. <laughs> It'd be terrible. Yeah, and it, but it impales him absolutely perfectly yeah. to rip aside the Polish parachute smock. And you see the, yeah. And you see the Nazi insignia all yeah. over him. And everyone's like, shit. And he goes... <gasps> And someone doesn't have. Doesn't someone say? But mm. but they're Germans. Yeah. And then there's that great line: more yeah. bloody foreigners. <laughs> and then Kane and his men draw their weapons at the everybody. Yeah. And put them in the church. Yeah, they're sten guns. They're prisoners, yes, yeah, sten guns. Or it's sten not gun. stun guns. No, not a stun gun. That'd be much better. Yeah. Or spud guns. <laughs> Send the stun, Sergeant. <laughs> That's a different film. It is a different film. Uh, I'd watch that. Star Wars. Uh, yes, the eagle has Star Wars. Yeah. Well, yeah. Star Wars has landed. That'll be great. Yeah. Star Wars has landed. Uh, Jenny Agatha and the, <coughs> the vicar's sister. Yes. They overhear the plan of the Germans while they're hiding in the church. Mm. But this is a very odd moment. They're obviously heading towards the church. Yeah. And they decide to go out. Mm. Or Pamela, the sister, goes out. Yeah. And she runs back in going, quick, 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 we've got to hide. Mm. You think, why? Yeah. I mean, all you've seen is the person you've met before is a nice paratroop officer mm. and his friends. And there's your brother, the vicar. No, no, one, no one's being shot in front of you. They're not walking around suddenly with a 
you know, a, a Hitlerian eagle doing sea guiles. No. They're not singing the horse vessel song, going, no. they're going to kill the Churchill. No. They're just, then the same, you'd think, and they go, oh, hello, what's going on here? And then mm. you'd be arrested, but it's fine. Yeah. They run, they hide in what's there, in the sacristy, I think he yeah, says. Yeah, yeah, he, he says, they say, why is this door locked? Yeah. He says, that's where I keep all my... Vestments or, vestments. you know, and porn. Yeah, small boys. <laughs> and my gentleman's English collection of pornography. Mm. Dating back to medieval times, handcrafted by monks. Victorian Ankles magazine. <laughs> um, so they decide to escape. Agatha heads out in on a horse. Yeah, but you've also got that great moment when they go, well, how can we get anywhere? Well, Jean Grey's got a car and Jean, Liam Devlin's Jean got a Marsh. motorbike. So, yeah, sorry, Jean Marsh. <laughs> Jean Grey's got telepathy and powers of telekinesis. Yeah. Um, no, yes, uh, Mrs. Grey's got a car. Liam's got a motorbike. Mm. Apparently, only two vehicles owned in the only entire town are owned by the German baddies. Yeah, because it's because Mrs. Jean Marsh took all the trucks. <laughs> yeah. They had two trucks yeah. and a motorbike. And that a was horse. it. Yeah, okay. yeah, and she gets on her horse and rides off to to see Devlin. Yeah, I mean, our alarm bell's not ringing about him now. The you, German they stuff. Would think, wouldn't you? I mean, it's a bit odd. Uh, whereas. Um, the vicar's sister heads to Jean Marsh's house. Well, it's probably the wisest place to go, I'd imagine. To the marshes. Yes, yeah, the marshes. Yeah, I mean, to raise the alarm. I don't know. Why would she go there? I don't know. It's a bit mad. But she runs in and says to Jean Marsh, oh my God, there yeah. are Germans everywhere. And she says, oh, I'll get some. I'll get my coat or something. I'll get my car keys. That's it. And she comes back with a gun. But uh, that's good also. And in that moment, the sister notices the car keys are hanging up on the... Oh, yeah. But it's very... Not, I mean, not very clear. I think John Sturgis was fishing again. Yeah. And no one really covered that. Yeah, and she runs, and uh, Jean Marsh shoots at her lots and lots and lots. It'd be better if this whole film was filmed, like, next to a fishing bank on a river. <laughs> yes. And he Because he refused to go anywhere. John, John was, that, was that all right, mate? <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. And you'll see, like, a shot where this, this like, line comes in and goes out again, where he's casting. Well, c- couldn't they have filmed one in the, you know, the, the, the underwater stage at Pinewood? Couldn't they have filled it with carp for him? They could have done. And he could have just sat there. Of course, Sturgis's casting couch would be a lot different to a traditional one. <laughs> Very nice. Have fishing rods on it. Nice. Thanks. Nice. You can have a Liza Goddard finger on nose and pointing from. Thanks very much. I, I wear it with a like a badge of Nazi honour. So you should. Um, so yeah, she gets shot, but she manages to get out and yeah. into her car and drive away. Yeah. Uh, whereas Agatha races to Sutherland's house and confronts him, and um, he runs off to help. He basically says, "Yeah, I'm bad, but I'm going to go and help the Nazis now." Yeah, but he's left her a letter. Oh, you said, read the letter. Yeah. I'll explain everything in the yeah. letter. First of all, I'm very sorry about the accent. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Um, so I just put here, Jenny Agatha has very poor luck with men because only a few years later she'll go out with a werewolf. Yeah, uh, and in between she'll you know fall in love with a Sandman in Logan's Run. That's right. the same year. Yeah. Um, and then there was that incident with the train. Yeah. <laughs> the railway children. So Jean Marsh is shamed by the vicar because she turns up in the church. And it becomes very apparent. Yes. She warns the Nazis that they've gone for help. We took you in, Joanna. We trusted you. Yeah. We loved you. Many of us loved you physically. He doesn't quite say that. No. But there was obviously a free song. That sounded a bit like the bit in War of the Worlds. Where like, people loved you <laughs> and trusted you. And trusted you. Didn't yeah. I warn them? <laughs> Didn't I warn them about the devil? <laughs> That'd have been much better. Way more fun. Yeah. He gets very cross with her, doesn't he? He does, really cross. He almost loses his... Stiff up a lip. He does, and he has the great line. I've actually written this one down. Oh, please! May God give you time to relive this moment right. in shame. It's like that's, I mean, blimey. Yeah. Wow. Um, 
Maybe that's why they had to make it Catholic. No C of E vicar would ever say that. No. He'd go, no, that's a bit off. Mm. That's a bit naughty of you. Come at Easter, we'll forgive you. Did you have to? Yes. If you could help out with the tombola at the (laughs) summer fair, all is forgiven. (laughs) Whereas the Catholic Church is a lot better on sin. And Cain would go, no tombolas. (laughs) Yes. In the the, the First Reich. (laughs) Third Reich. Um, So, yeah, the uh, Americans now know... Because uh, the sisters arrived. Yeah. When Treat Williams gets there, he sees the car outside. Hagman basically says, arm yourselves, we're going to go and sort this out. Yeah. Grabs grenades. Treat Williams says, we should phone the war office. Yeah. And, tell them and Hagman's like, nope, we haven't got time to waste because he wants action. Yeah. And then he, he tells them to ring the war office to appease Treat Williams. But as Williams leaves, he says, cancel that car. Yeah. And then he goes out and does that lovely moment where he gives some of the men encouragement. Yeah. By saying things like, where are you, where are you from, son? Yeah. And he goes, Omaha. And he goes, you know, before you're finished, there's going to be... There's going to be pigeons crapping on statues of you all over Nebraska. That's right. It's like, that's great. And then he goes, give me five hand grenades. Yes. <laughs> it's great. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so Treat Williams races to warn Churchill. That's his job. <gasps> yes. He's got to go and tell Churchill this is going on. Larry Hagman is basically too hot-headed, and he's not listening to anybody's suggestions. No, even his junior officers, are, someone goes, don't do that, sir. Hmm. And he does it. Yeah. And they immediately get ambushed by all the Germans back in the town outside the church. Well, not before he's gone to do the standoff, has he? He's gone oh, to knock yeah. on the door to get them to surrender. That's right. And they send out one of the soldiers and he goes, you the commanding officer? He goes, yes. Hmm. And he goes, I want you to all to surrender. Yes. Do you understand the word I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> and he just says yes. And he's actually very funny and Hagman's hilarious in it. Yeah. Well, Hagman, yeah, he ties a white scarf to his Jeep, doesn't he? Yeah, to the uh, radio antenna on it. It's great. Yeah. And drives around, whizzes around. But then he's in his cross yeah. and he wants to attack. And then he launches the worst attack in the history of the world. Yeah, he does. He launches the worst attack. Yeah. And gets everybody killed, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, what is odd is Kane seems to have men. He's got them in the church, in the pub, in the watermill, everywhere. And yeah. earlier on in the film, he, he, he started in Alderney with 31 men. Yeah. He's now down to 16. Yeah. I don't know. He must have been recruiting on the ground because he's about 50. Yeah. Wherever, wherever the Americans turn, someone's shooting at them. Yeah, maybe Sutherland recruited them. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe that's what he did. Yeah, maybe these are all marsh people. <laughs> Like in a Doctor Who Ah, come on, the Marsh people. Yeah, we support Sutherland. Um, so where yeah, there's a lot of blowing up of things with bazookas. Yeah, loads killed. One of them's Knicky from Greece, Jeff yes. Conaway. Yes, it is Jeff Conaway playing uh, one of the young officers, isn't he? Yeah, R.I.P. It's quite weird. And you, you sort of, you know, he should be there on the jeep going, "This jeep is automatic." <laughs> no, Jeff Conaway is one of the smart ones, isn't he? Yes, he realizes that they're. In a suicide mission, basically, isn't he? Well, he's one of them. There's one of the there's one of the lieutenants. Sorry, I'm going to do the American version. One of the lieutenants is Lieutenant Frazier. Yeah, and I heard that about five times before it started hitting the ear as the image of Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, surprised he isn't in this actually. Um, but Hagman um, drives drives off to call for help. I think does he? Because he breaks into Gene Marsh's house. Yes. Now, why does he go there? I can't remember. I think it's to radio oh, in. Yeah, he goes to get some help to bring yeah. the telephone and discovers he's gone there by mistake. Yeah. He goes, wow, that, that, it's that bitch uh, Gray's house. That's right. So it clearly is the only residential building in, in the entire village. In Studley. <laughs> There's a church, a manor house, but the riffraff can't go there. No. A pub, a watermill, and an evil German spy's house. It's a couple of stores... Uh, by the church that you can tell have only been built to be destroyed. Yes. They yes. look like film sets. Yeah. Yeah. And and by an American crew as well, because they yeah. look like the sort of things from a Western. Yes. They're all clapboard they fronts. They definitely look like Western yeah. shops, yeah. Uh, but Hagman breaks into a, a house and he gets shot in the head. 
quite grisly, in a grisly way. Yeah, and also by someone who, when, when she was firing at uh, Pamela, the vicar's sister, mm. she managed to fire about 15 shots yeah. from a six-shot revolver. And just Very clipped odd. her wing. Just, yeah, basically missed the whole time. Yeah, mm. She nails Hangman from about 20 feet with a headshot. And for the mid-70s, it's quite a grisly headshot as well. Yeah, lots of blood. his face. Yeah. But he's holding what she doesn't know. He's holding a live grenade. Yeah. And as he topples down the stairs, he drops it. Yeah. And it blows her and the dog up. Yeah, and then the, the his accompanying Hagman's accompanying soldier goes up and lets rip with his uh, yeah. uh, weapon, and she's dead. Oh, we don't see the dead dog, do we? No, but no, she's got the dog up she's there. She's got with the dog her. with her, so it's assumed. Yeah, but yeah, she got blown up by the grenade. Yeah, and so she's gone, but so is Hagman. Mm. So oh, there goes dear. the entertainment. Well, he really was entertaining. <laughs> now it goes down to slightly serious. I wish I could have been Harrison Ford, but I'm really nowhere near as talented Treat Williams. Poor Treat Williams. Perfectly decent actor. I know, it never happened for him, though. It didn't happen for him, did it? What else was he in? 1941. He's good in that. Oh, yes, he is, actually. He's funnier than he is, uh, yeah, but not a great film to boost your Hollywood potential, that. No. I can't think of anything else he was in. No. Deep Rising. Oh, that is a splendidly silly film. Yes, he plays the commander of the ship that goes to rescue. That's a ridiculous film. Yeah, because I, I once conceived of a sequel for it, which I think would be good. Oh, yes. Because at the end of Deep Rising, if you remember, they land on an island. Yeah. And they're like, oh, thank God, we're out of trouble. Yeah. And then you hear loads of monsters in there. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no. And I thought, Deep Rising 2, Finnegan's Island. <laughs> Very just, nice. I just thought of the title, to be That'd fair. That would be great. Yeah. That's right, Treat Williams is in that. And he's the baddie in The Phantom. Oh, is he? What, yeah. the um, uh, Billy Zane? Billy Zane one, uh, yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. Well, that's good. Well, yeah, he's very, he is good in this. He's he's mm. very good in this as the. Um, he go, well, he goes to confront. He does the same as Hangman. He goes to say, "Will you surrender?" Yeah, but he gets Kane, doesn't he? Yeah, and he gets Kane, and Kane turns back to his men and goes, "It's a shame. This officer seems to know exactly what he's doing." You go, yeah. but he's just he's just done exactly the exactly same as Hangman. He's come to the front door. All his troops look on from the gate. I think how, he even. Put how the, is that tactically different? Didn't he even put the white scarf on the car I again? He might have done. Yeah. You go, guys, this is not. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly the same. Uh, but he does turn up with a tank, though, to be fair to him. Uh, he does yeah. that differently. Mm, yeah, or does he turn up with a half-track that's got a quite nice automatic weapon on top of it? I'll take your word for that. Yes, he does. Yeah. He does. It, it looks, looks like a tank. tank. No, it doesn't. It does look like a tank. <gasps> okay. Is there a man inside? You wait till I do my weaponry podcast. <laughs> Is there a man inside it? Yes. It's a tank, isn't it? No. Yeah. Ugh, well, I mean, we didn't even get into the difference between a tank destroyer and a tank. It's quite an interesting German tank destroyer on the train than uh, oh, is Steiner at the beginning. It's quite good. They have, they have a bit where they, you see two Volkswagen Beetles under, mm, yeah, as if to go, German, it's German, it's German. Yeah, yeah. And you see the, the cardboard tank destroyer. That oh, got and there's also tank. those barrels with sauerkraut in them. Oh, is that? <laughs> Brilliant. It says, de- it says fragile sauerkraut. It doesn't, it doesn't really, I'm joking. That'd be so good. Fragile sauerkraut. <laughs> Next to the tank that doesn't say anything on yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Kane and his men are in the church now, and they're kind of going to make a, a final stand for it. But his men, oh, when Sutherland arrives and shows Kane and his men, there's a secret tunnel because he walks in it's and Kane goes, it? "How did you get in here?" Yeah, he goes, oh, "There's a secret tunnel back there." And this is where he gets John Stanley to punch him. That's right. And he goes, "Well, why did you do that?" And he says, "I got his car keys out of his pocket. His car's right. at the end of the tunnel." Yeah. So apparently, the vicar parks his car and goes in by the secret tunnel, which. Let's face it, Catholic priest, 40s, Norfolk. It's smacking of the dodgy, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah. So what are they call those secret tunnels that priests have? Priest holes? Yeah, well, the priest hole is more... Uh, that's um, Those are places from the days post-Henry uh, VIII, aren't oh, they? With the dissolution yeah. and everything. They were, uh, you could build them into your... If you were 
say, uh, you know, the, the Lord of the Manor, you might have mm. a priest hole where you'd hide your Catholic priest if you were of the old faith. And it would be a priest hole in a house rather than in a church because, you know, you would look for a priest in a church. That's a sitcom, isn't it? The, the Henry's coming over, hide the priest. <laughs> and you're having two separate dinner parties for Catholics and Henry VIII, and then you get confused. Oh, I completely forgot. I've invited the Protestants over for supper. Oh, no. <laughs> I think they did that in Blackadder, sort of, didn't they? Yeah, I think they? they probably did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, so what is the tunnel called? It's called the Pedo Tunnel. No, no, that's wrong. It can't that's be that. terrible. It's that's the nonce that. tunnel. <laughs> the nonce narrow. It's nothing. It's the nothing to see here tunnel. Nothing to see here. Close your eyes and just walk through. <laughs> Ignore the sounds. Um, so, yeah, Sutherland arrives. Um, Kane's men tell him and Hans to leave, and they yeah. will lay down covering fire. Yes, which is very good of them. It is, and he basically salutes them. Yeah, he does, and, and they're very honourable men. Yeah. And then the one who played the organ... Half on. an hour earlier, decides to play the organ because, you know, you'd rather have a bit of organ music than another man with a weapon firing on your behalf, wouldn't you? Well, if you're a suicide mission anyway. That's true. You might as well get it in style. Yeah, unless he was really good at doing, like, percussive firing into a song. That's the whole thing. It was, or what if it was a modern organ and he could do it for gunshot? <laughs> I sound like, oh, they got amazing amounts of people in there. It's just him playing bark on gunshot mode. <laughs> he sampled it. Yeah. It's all right. I've sampled a V2 sound. I'll make it sound like they're landing everywhere. Paul Hardcastle. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. It was How many men are in the church? No, 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 19. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? I have free framed this and I counted up. And there are, and there are still others in the pub yeah. and the watermill. Yeah. But in the church alone, I counted it in one still, there were 15. So... With all the people being shot, with the man in the water mill, with all the people around, he seems to have about 25 men at this point. He's just bad at counting. He must be really up. Oh, I had 31 troops, now I've got six. No, no, mate, you've got more. No, you've got 100. That's the stress Stop of war. That. the stress of war. It is. Oh. You know, you know what they say, you know, you know, the first casualty of war is innocence? No, it's counting. It's counting. Yeah. That's very sad. Kane can't count. Man's a, man's a legend. Can't count. No. Obviously not. Carol Vorderman would have been good to these troops, wouldn't she? She'd have found a way to get them out of there. Well, that's the thing. You should always take, you know, a Carol Vorderman round with you. Mm. How many men I got left, Carol? Brilliant, thank you. You've got one on the top, three at the bottom. <laughs> that works very well in the church. And then she presses the button and they will get shuffled. And two in the pub. Yeah. <laughs> well, they all should be. Um, so the Americans storm the church. There's grenade and bazooka fever at this point. Yeah. Because they're Americans. They're like, right, we're going to chuck grenades through the windows and fire bazookas at yeah. them. I'm not, I'm, not also, I'm not sure that bazooka was uh, the bazooka that they were actually using at the time. It looks well, a little too big in calibre. Also, it had a little, I noticed a little nice touch where they were putting the rocket in and then tying a little string to it. Yeah, I don't the, know the about fuse, that. The fuse, I'm guessing it was. I don't know what that is. Uh, I'm not really an expert on bazooka, but it just looks like it's too big. It looked like it they was a prop. They were quite small things. Yeah. Um, it looked like a blunderbuss bazooka. Yeah. But they do basically get, you know, ironically, medieval on the church's ass. They do get medieval on his ass. And they go in and everybody's dead. Oh, there's a couple still sort of alive, aren't Yeah, they? well, there's the one who's slumped over the organ mm. and he falls off with a tremendous chord. Yeah. Uh, like the start of a piece by Stockhausen. As he falls off, he goes... Da, 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 da. <laughs> wah, Thump. Wah, wah. <laughs> I missed out some golden... Sturges yeah. was asleep at the wheel. He was. Well, fishing at the wheel. Yeah. Is that a phrase? <laughs> He was carping on. Oh, nice. Carp DM, he said. Nice, nice. Yes. Carp again. Yeah, from his director's perch. 
It's not very good. It's another fish. Yeah. It's another fish. Well, it's good they were in the church because obviously everyone believes in cod. Oh, here we go. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I, mean, I have to say, I thought the organ was a little sharp. They made me need an organ tuner. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Welcome to Fish Hour. Well, the priest was the rock of the community. Very good. Strong. Yeah. Uh, I wish salmon the stoppers. <laughs> I'm getting a headache. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. We'll be here yes. all day. Yes. Um, so, yeah, uh, Sutherland... Agatha reads the note in which he tells her he loves her. Yeah, yeah. Which it, we talked about earlier, but Jesus Christ. It is like they've bolted on some weird romantic comedy, well, the accents comedy, um, into a war film. Yeah. Because I can only think that they've accidentally... Someone was carrying two screenplays yeah. at Warner Brothers, whoever made it. They dropped them in the, uh, in, in, in the corridor. Hmm. They came unbound, and they picked them up, and they just happened to get this... Mad Irish accented romantic comedy, yeah, <laughs> mixed up with the war film. I'm pretty sure that's how that the Devlin plot gets in. There. I think so. It makes no bloody sense. No, and what didn't make sense, and I'm, I might have missed something here. Yeah, but Kane and his men and Sutherland and Hans. Yeah, they arrive at this riverbank where there's a bloody great boat there. Where did that come from? Yeah, it's the e-boat that's meant to pick them up. Right, that, but that it was... just turns up at a riverbank in the town. Yeah, I know. It's a little bit weird, isn't it? And yeah. it's, uh... it's like the end of Lord of the Rings. It's like they're all going to heaven. Oh, the end of Lord of the Rings getting me started. But yeah, it's a bit, uh, you know, it's deus ex machina. Well, uh, literally a machine out of... <laughs> yeah, Actually, yeah. machina ex rivero, uh, fluvio. Um, yeah. And uh, it's very weird that they managed to get all the way in. I know they've already said this isn't an e-boat. It's a captured British motor torpedo boat. Uh, so that would explain it. But, yeah. you know... You're you're going to get onto the shores in your own boat of the country that's got the largest navy in the world mm. in history. Mm. It was all it's a bit weird. They just managed to turn up. But Sutherland's supposed to go, but he says he won't go because he's basically in love. Yeah, it's Which, a bit. He weird. says I'm going to stay, and I thought, well, stay in a village where everybody knows you're a Nazi. I presume he's going to go and kidnap Jenny Agatha. Yeah. Uh, and take her back to do lecturing in Berlin. <laughs> Why don't they get that commando to come in and kidnap Jenny Agatha and take her back to Nazi Germany? Otto, would you do me a favour, my yeah, friend? Just, I know you're in the Algarve, but would you mind? Uh, yeah, I just don't understand that. No, it's very weird. And again, I think it just shows they really didn't have a clue. But equally, it is kind of Jack Higgins' fault for the, the book, because Devlin's mm. in the book. Mm. And I, oh, I haven't read the book in 25 years, but I don't think he has much greater role in it. Mm. Um, but Kane sends Hans because Hans got injured in the firefight yeah, yeah. and he says to Hans you can't come with me you're going to have to go on yeah. the boat I'm going to go on my own and he goes very wrong but also Kane now is in his natty leather jacket again yeah. which is very cut. and despite all the fighting all the running all the being worn under the uniform it's still absolutely pristine yeah. and very snugly tailored very um, and he's got his knight's cross with oak leaf cluster around his neck he looks fantastic in this. He looks great in it. Yeah. But it, it is very odd because he suddenly seems to become very committed to this mission. Hmm. And all his men are dead anyway. So what good is it going to do him? Because he's only doing it for them. Yeah. And and yet he suddenly seems to be the very committed Nazi in a way, going hmm. to do his duty with his uniform on spick and span. It doesn't quite ring true. No. Um, it, it's very odd. And there's a whole thing about the whole plot anyway, about whether they should attack Churchill kidnap him or kill him. Yeah, kidnap or kill. Because they go, they go. At one point, they go. Well, what's the point? We've lost the war anyway. Mm. Well, it's still not a bad thing to do to kill your enemy. You know, that still might. They all seem to think it'll be. I'd, they all seem to think it's going to be a bad thing because in the meantime, in the background, you've got running the fact that Robert Duval is now in trouble for getting this mission off the ground. Yeah, and for getting it going. And you just think, well, it's a perfectly. Re- if they fail, what? What does it matter? Is it going to be bad publicity for the Nazis? Mm. Oh no, they tried to kill Hitler. Tried to kill Churchill. They've done 
worse. Mm. They've been doing worse for quite a few years here. Also, something I meant to mention, you know when the boat they get on the boat to yeah. sail off, immediately drops the English flag and raises the Nazi flag. Oh, well, yeah, you know, on your way out, I don't think they would bother, would they? On the way in, you've got to be careful. <laughs> You're still in Norwich. It's just bad, isn't it? <laughs> Well. It doesn't make any sense. Um, uh. It's just a bit premature. But Duval hears news and sends his man Benny. Or his name Benny. is Benny from Abba. Uh, Carl. 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 He says to him, "Look, you've got a wife and family." Yeah. Uh, I think he says something about um, they, they've wanted me on the end of a bullet for this anyway. Yes. Uh, they, yeah. It's something like I've they measured me for my casket That's months right. ago, and he says he says you know do what you have to do to get back to Berlin. Do, mm. You know by plane by car. You think you're old and it's an island. If he drives, it's going to be a pretty short journey. No <laughs> wonder this mission was so Unless badly planned. He's got Herbie. Where is that? Because Herbie was yeah. a beetle. Oh, yes. Or he might have uh, the Lotus from Spy Who Loved Me. Yes. That's more likely, I think. Yeah, you're right. More yeah. likely. Much more likely. Uh, so he sends his man away and he basically has accepted that he's a dead man. Yeah. Uh, so Kane. Um, we cut to Kane. He jumps out of the woods and knocks out Kinnicky from Greece. Yeah, he knocks out Frazier. Yeah, and yeah. takes his. Does he take his uniform? I think he does. Yeah, and then they just let him drive into the manor house where Churchill's staying. Yeah, and he turns up at the gate and does his American accent. Yeah. Hi, I'm Michael Kane. <laughs> That's what he says, and they just lift the barrier and let him in. Yeah. Uh, and Sutherland, in the meantime, um, he's at his cottage, yeah. and the, the army turn up with two attack dogs. Yes, and do you think they'll send the dogs in? I think they do. They do what? send the dogs in. If only Donald Sutherland's character knew some trick with dogs. Well, they're in, they're outside, and you hear, <whistles> and they go in, and everyone's gone. I know he's gone with the dogs, and then later on, when he sets the dogs free, doesn't he, on the marshes? Yeah, they're now marsh hounds. They are the hound of the marshals. <laughs> uh, Himmler receives the news, and Duval is immediately arrested. Yeah, and shot. Uh, what well, again, Charlie? Um, Charlie from Lovejoy is one of the soldiers that arrests him. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. And uh, yeah, they shoot him quite in a quite a sort of what's the word? Abrupt manner. Abrupt manner. Yeah. yeah, they just put him against the wall and yeah, gone. It seems a bit unfair. I mean, all he did was uh, why? I, I I genuinely don't understand. He was literally why just they following orders. Yeah. So it makes but no sense. Why did they shoot him? Who's going to be embarrassed by this? They had a crack at Churchill. They failed. The Brits aren't going to admit it. No one's no. going to know about it. I don't understand. Very weird. doesn't make any sense. But Churchill <clears throat> arrives at the base. Yeah. Kane sneaks in in disguise and abandons the disguise, we discussed. Churchill walks out onto the balcony to smoke a cigar. With a bottle of brandy. With a bottle of brandy. Bottle of brandy. And Kane's hiding in the hedge next to the balcony. Yeah. And um, and, then, and then meanwhile, there's some kerfuffle inside, isn't there, where Major they find Corcoran out from Esther, from Who Dares Wins, yes. says, well, there was this one unidentified American office we let in. Hmm. Security is terrible yeah. around here. Yeah, Churchill's here for fuck's sake. Yeah. Not the dog. Um, <laughs> oh, and so... Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, Kane jumps out from the hedge yeah. and shoots Churchill. He doesn't jump, though, does he? He's Kane. He's too cool. Yeah, he walks. He slides out mm. the elegantly. Oi, you, Churchill. <laughs> Oi, Churchill. You're only supposed to fight him on the beaches. Uh, he shoots Churchill. You're a big man. <laughs> well, you're out of shape. Yeah, it really is. With me, it's a full-time job. Yeah. For me, I'm a full-time Felschimjager. <laughs> Very good. Felschimjager. Sorry, I got it wrong. Get Felschimjager. This film should have been called. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, but he shoots Churchill, and then he is killed as well. Yeah, in a hail of bullets. Yeah. And then the twist. Mm. Because you think, well, there's no way that Churchill's being killed. No, this isn't Inglorious Bastards. And then someone goes... Dennis Lill, Rodney's father-in-law. Goes, yeah, he goes, that was one of the bravest men you've ever met. Yeah. 
that you haven't met. Mm. He was a variety artist. It's <laughs> like, why don't you just say actor? Yeah. Why don't you use the word actor? Because he did a spoon trick as well. <laughs> he did, on the edit room floor. There is some wonderful spoon trick. And a, and a song that was a little too bawdy. And he hung a pint glass from his penis, just like John Bindon used to do. Right, I did not know that. Yeah. You know, that never made it onto the good old days. <laughs> did not, did it? <laughs> Although I suspect the host would have liked that. Yes. Let's, I no. think that's a path to be trodden slightly less. Yeah. But um, yeah. it does raise the question, what this whole film... You know, they say, oh, actually, Churchill's in Tehran at the Tehran conference, which yeah. was a genuine, genuine event. But, mm. but w- I... Why did they let this poor man... They let him get killed, basically. They didn't have to. What did they serve? I genuinely don't understand why they did it. They could have just gone, well, we caught all the Nazis. There might be one loose. We don't care. Let's just bugger off with our actor, with yeah. our variety artist. Yeah. Because he's booked at the Old Frogoon Pavilion for the penis trick. Yes. <laughs> Got to get in there. That audience is going to be livid. Tuesday. <laughs> they actually sent Churchill to go. I shall hang them on my testes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they actually sent the real Churchill to stand in for him. But they, <laughs> that'd be great. Triple bluff. <laughs> but they just they just have this poor man killed. Yeah. And what's worse is he doesn't even get a line. No. He doesn't even get to his Churchill voice. <laughs> he doesn't even get to look at Kane and go, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, no, shit, shit on a brick. They should have got Gary Oldman to do it. Yeah, yeah that would be great. I'd go back and CG in like George Lucas does. That'd be great. Gary Oldman turning around going, don't shoot me. That'd be really. Well, you buy a different version. You have the Robert Hardy version. Yeah. Uh, the Albert Finney version. But yeah, this man gets killed. Kane yeah. gets killed. It's all to no purpose. And he says this never happened. Yeah. But you know, in the in the book, it's done as a framing device. Jack Higgins writes it himself, saying, "I was doing some research, and I found these thirteen graves with weird names on them mm. in a village in Norfolk." And so he makes out that this is a real life event, which is a great, you know, mm. thing for the for the book sales. It's really clever, but they don't quite have all that. But you go, this whole thing never happened. You think, well, yeah, I wish Donald Sutherland's accident had never happened. Yeah, <laughs> My absolutely. life would be better for that. But we see Donald Sutherland walking along the marshes with these dogs, as you say. He lets yeah. them go, and we see the beached yes, ship. Yeah, the beach boat. They don't. They never made it out because no. they, you know, they're naval officers. Why would they have checked the tide tables? Mm. Why would they have bothered with that? Why would they have bothered still having an English flag flying on them? Yes. Well, so they just lying there. What's happened to them? They've been captured, killed? No idea. It doesn't say. It doesn't say. But he, he sends the letter to Jenny, Jenny Agatha anyway, saying he loves her. And Yeah. I presume there's a sequel where she just mopes for him. But what happened to him? I don't understand why he didn't go. I don't know. He turns up in a lot of other Jack Higgins books, I think. Oh, does he? The yeah, character. he becomes a regular character, Liam Devlin. Right, that would have made more sense. Yeah. Of, the one he needed at the end was some text saying Liam Devlin... Yeah, went to dot 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 and was killed in dot dot dot. Liam Liam Devlin went to the Central School of Speech and Drama where he worked on his accent for three years and still came out sounding really pretty wonky. Mm. But there we go, the Eagles landed. It is, it's you know, do you know it is a crackly entertaining film and it's very easy to mm. rip holes in it. Yeah, but it's got some great writing in it, some great performances, even yeah. though they're not often from the same film. No, and I know Kane may have been upset that John Sturgis didn't do a great job, but it's it's a rip roaring entertainment. Kane's good in it. Kane's great in it. Didn't Robert Duvall's excellent yeah. as ever. Yeah, uh, Kane is great. A lot, a lot of, of people don't like Robert Duvall in this. Really? Yeah, they say he does a bad accent. Well, I didn't think he was yeah, that bad. But he's Robert Duvall. He's just kind of awesome. Hmm. Um, and he was allowed to go and have some fun being and doing an accent after being Tom Hagen in two Godfather films in the five years previously. He didn't come back from the third one though, so he's got some sense. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's because Coppola wanted him to do the German accent. He went, you know, loved, loved your Colonel Raddle. <laughs> Can you wear an eye patch and a false hand? <laughs> Tom, what happened? 
while I was cleaning the garbage disposal. There was an incident <laughs> involving Michael fucking Caine. He would not do the accent. Um, but yeah, no, it's a crackingly entertaining film. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Good. good a lot more yeah. than I thought I would. Yeah. Because some of these are quite hard going, aren't they? A lot of Canes. Well, I found Escape to Athena, the other one I was thinking of, was very hard going. It, it's sort of mad. Roger Moore yeah. is a Nazi, but a good Nazi. and An antique collecting Nazi. And smuggling artefacts and... You what now? Yeah. We did it in series one, you know. Oh, well, you would do, yes. Yeah. It's a raw more classic. Yes. I think I shall escape. Where to, Roger? To Athena. <laughs> and he gets away at the end and opens his own shop. Does he? Yeah. I have to admit, it was on TV the other month and I watched it late at night and after about an hour I went, what am I doing? Mm. Go to bed. Yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, anyway, I'm going to ask you some questions now. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. These are taken from Michael Caine's Twitter profile, some of them. Oh, brilliant. So, just to explain the context, the yeah. first question I'm going to ask you is, have you ever been locked in attic? In attic? Yeah, because he there was a story that went out in the press that he'd been locked in an attic. <laughs> and he tweeted, um, there's a story about me being locked in attic, spelled A-T-T-I-K. Yeah. Completely false. All oh, right. Oh, interesting. Which is why he blocked me, because I asked him. Oh, that's I, funny. I asked him a lot, and then he blocked me. Did he mean, when, within an attic, did he mean in attic, do you mean he had some sort of stroke, and rather than getting aphasia where you can't think of words, he could only speak... Uh, Attic Greek, ancient Greek, has spoken in Athens. It could be that. <laughs> you mean like the would he, have, would he have blocked you if you'd asked him that? Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, but have you ever been locked in Attic? Uh, uh, no, I used to go and hide in the Attic when I was younger hmm. because my dad kept magazines up there. Oh, they were cricket magazines. Oh, <laughs> Wisdom Cricket Monthly. Oh, right. He spelt that, and I was a, a slam, a cricket obsessive, and mm. I used to curl up in uh, winter months quite happily in our attic that just had a couple of boards down on it. And, uh, so and I go much... and read, read by sort of the glow of one lamp. I deliberately sort of lock myself in the attic to read about cricket. You were very much like the boy from the Never Ending Story. Yes, a little bit. Except yeah. it was cricket and not Never Ending Story. Yeah, it was that. Yeah. yeah, good. All right. Second question. This is this is from his Twitter profile. Yeah. What are your favourite music? Ah, what are my favourite music? My favourite music am. <laughs> That's the correct answer, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Just good. See, uh, this, is all, uh, this is all fitting with the ancient Greek stuff because this sounds like translated <laughs> Twitter. Um, <laughs> what, <laughs> what am my favourite music? I, I, I don't know, lots of stuff. Good. Lots of stuff. I do like a film soundtrack. Yeah. And I've, uh, one of my favourite film soundtracks is a Michael Caine film. Which one? Is I do a lot of working to the soundtrack to Inception, which I think is a terrific Ooh, soundtrack. It's a good soundtrack. It's a really good soundtrack. Hang um, on. Is he in Inception? Oh, yeah, yeah, he plays the man who recommends... Uh, oh, he's the father, uh, <coughs> father-in-law. Uh, yes, and he recommends the uh, Ellen Page to him yes. as the designer. Yes. He's the lecturer. In I forgot the, he was in that. Yeah, well, he's, you know, he has to be because he's... Um, Christopher Yeah, if you know, if Michael Caine dies, I suspect Christopher Nolan might retire, hmm. which would be a terrible shame. He would. Um, yeah, but no, I, I, I love a bit of film soundtracks. Love a bit of, I'm quite eclectic hmm. in my tastes, really. Okay. Um, uh, have you ever had a wonderful day in your garden? <laughs> this is another Caine thing. Yeah. He like, just tweeted, having a wonderful day in my garden. That is... Well, imagine his garden's a little bigger than mine. Imagine. Um, Which one? Oh, yeah, he's got a lot of gardens. Yeah, he's got... A Beverly Hills Garden, yeah. which is the third film they didn't make. <laughs> Beverly Hills Garden. Yeah. Alan Titchmarsh. Get the fuck out of here. I, uh, um, uh, have I had a wonderful day in garden? Uh, yes, I like my garden. Good. I quite enjoy sitting in my garden sometimes. But my best days do not involve gardening. They involve 
drinking in my garden. Excellent. Oh, and playing with my children in case they hear this and get psychologically traumatised. Yeah, they won't. No. They won't hear this, I mean. No, they won't. No. Um, if, like Sir Michael, you were in beautiful Armenia <laughs> for two hours and 53 minutes before leaving for London, how would you pass the time? Uh, Again, just to explain, he yes. tweeted, hello from beautiful Armenia. Yeah. And then two hours and 53 minutes later, tweeted, hello from London. Well, pretty much that flight time, doesn't it? I guess so. So but it's strange to say hello from beautiful Armenia. Then do you not think to go hello from private, beautiful private jet? Yeah, yeah. Um, what would I do for two hours fifty-three minutes in Armenia? I would learn to speak Armenian and fail, mm-hmm. or I would do my one-man uh, show that is the film "The Eagle Has Landed." I don't know if you've seen it, <laughs> uh, and doing that would leave me a roughly. I think 18 minutes after the credits had rolled, which mm. I do in the show, uh, yeah. to receive applause and plaudits. Lovely. Yeah. It's two, Perfect. Times 53. Yeah. Nice. Okay. If you were on a bus teaching on the edge of a cliff and suddenly had a great idea to save the day, what would it be? Um, I would... Ah, uh, uh, yes. No, my idea would be... I, if, I was, if I was in Michael Caine's shoes, mm-hmm. literally in his shoes, yeah, in, yeah. That, in that famous film you're talking about, yeah. which is the Muppet Christmas Carol, yeah? No, yeah. no, no, no hang on, the, the Italian film, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I would call my agent and say, yes, I will do The Swarm and Jaws the Revenge, and could I have my mighty <laughs> whorish fee yeah. in coins and bring it and put it at the end of the bus now? Perfect. And that would flip the bus right back on. You would. I would probably double flip it back onto yeah, the Yeah, quite land. a lot. They'd probably be in trouble the other side, but yeah. uh, but then we'd just have to go and make some other dodgy films. Robert Powell would probably be killed by a gold brick. <laughs> There's an image. That would be a good... You know, I was nearly killed by a gold brick. Robert Powell's autobiography. I love Robert Powell's voice. He's got a great voice. Michael Caine was known for not being fussy about his film choices. I won't hear that said. Can you make up a title for a would-be Caine B-movie, not about bees? Yeah. And what would it be... Not bees. Called. Uh, it would be called. I've actually. I actually had to think about this. Oh, good. Um, because because you know I think the ultimate Kane B movie. Yeah. Would be the deadly Zulu Muppet Swarm has landed on Rio. <laughs> colon Rita's Revenge Job Two. <laughs> colon Revengeia. Perfect. <laughs> Come on, that's a good movie. You want to see amazing. that, wouldn't you? It's again. It's like a, a Marvel Infinity War. Type it is. Thing. It is. I mean, that's got every Michael Caine character he's played in about fifteen movies, all mm. being very confused. It's a. It's a film. I think you know Christopher Nolan should take on mm. with his you know Do bra- bravura special effects movies. Yeah, amazing. Have the time time scales you know all over the place. Yeah, it'd be all over the shop, and yeah. it'd all be done as one moment in time, mm. like you know a singularity of film. Four minutes long. Yeah. But four million frames. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be incredibly. Incredibly avant-garde. Yeah. Very watchable. Wow. That sounds good. <laughs> and uh, finally, uh, what are your best and indeed worst Michael Caine films? Oh, dear. Well, okay, right. That's a good one because he's done some pretty ropey ones. Mm. Um, well, you already told us his best. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yes, best for me, always loads I'm hugely fond of is Ipcris. The Ipcris file is, is my favourite Michael Caine film. I think he's the epitome of cool in that. Mm-hmm. I think it is, it's a brilliant performance. It's, you know, it's just—it's a great film anyway. Yeah, and he is superb in it. He's so charismatic and interesting and fun, and playing such a different character. We've not seen that character before, and really capturing that thing of them wanting to do the anti-Bond. Yeah, and him being the cool working-class spy, and with those great lines like, "You know, you're a funny man, Harry Palmer. You're all, you're all, you know, hard on this, but then you like your classical music and your cooking." And, <coughs> and he's got a great line, something like, "Yeah, but not as much as love the birds." And he's just—it's. It's everything 60s cool is in him in that film, and he's, yeah. he's great in it. So I think Ipcris, despite the fact he's done some other great films. As for worst, um, I mean, that's tricky, because I think The Swarm is genuinely funny. Mm. <laughs> so so 
it's not a great film, but I find it entertaining. Right. Whereas the film I genuinely find quite tricky is Blame It on Rio. Because oh even though gosh. it's Stanley Donut, who did Singing in the Rain, Singing one the of Rain, my yeah. favourite films ever. And Bewitched. Uh, yes, and uh, and it's Larry Gelber, you know, co-wrote, and he, you know, Mash, you know, again, a genius. It's this, It's just fundamentally an incredibly creepy it really and is. wrong uh, midlife crisis film that yeah. has no moral decency to it and it makes me my skin crawl just thinking about it yeah. unfortunately um, so I'm afraid that's my number one uh, Michael Caine I could not watch that film again perfect film whereas on other other you know other Michael Caine bad films that have always got something redeemable they have them. I agree yeah but that one has got zero redeemable yeah. qualities to it yeah so that's that so best dip Chris worst blame it on Rio perfect Thanks for coming in again, Mark. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Yeah, Always well, fun to chat Kane and movies. Yeah, we'll come back one day and get, nail Who Dares Wins. Lewis Collins. Yes. Do a whole Lewis Collins series. It, it's basically that, Commando Leopard, yeah, which and was one wild, other straight-to-DVD film. was Commando Leopard technically Wild Geese 3? <gasps> was it? No, he did Codename Wild Geese. Codename Wild, wild Geese, Geese that's right, yeah. Commando, they're, they're, Commando Leopard and Codename Wild Geese, weren't they Italian films? Yes. And yes. he was dubbed... Oh, poor Lewis. No, he never got a break. And even worse, he was dubbed by Martin Shaw, just to rub it in. Until next time, Mark. Thank you very much. I will continue to have the best time. I hope you do the same. I shall try. That's from Michael Caine's Twitter as well. Oh, is it? Yeah. Love Caine. Yeah. Bye. GreatBigOwl.com 